0: You're in the Paracast the gold standard of paranormal radio and now here's Gene Steinberg we return on the Paracast
1: with Gene and Chris we have a fascinating guest later where we explore the world of UFOs, exopolitics and the new world disorder and when you talk about new world disorder you kind of think is this planet in a real mess right now I mean, economic problems across the world, possible global warming, whether man-made or otherwise, horrible weather—is everything coming down around us? Is yep. December, right? You know. <laughs> yeah.
2: Okay, well, you see, there's Good the end of the show, sure right? Seems there. like it, Gene. Uh, it it, sure it, it does. really does.
1: Dang. I'll tell you, it seems to be in this day and age that it looks like the entire fabric of our economic system is falling down around us.
2: Yeah, it'll be interesting to to see how the audit goes of all the gold underneath the New York Fed. That, it's going to be very interesting.
1: Oh, yeah. You know, they've been trying to pass a bill in Congress to audit the Fed. The Federal Reserve, you know, it kind of operates outside our system. Kind of? Kind of, sort of, actually. It certainly does. And the question being, what are they doing? What are they spending money on? Heck, could the Federal Reserve be supporting the secret investigations into area 51 and the roswell crash that's a way to hide money
2: nobody's auditing that you know build all those underground facilities
1: that's just to hide the rich people who want to have a place to go if the entire world comes crumbling down upon them
2: yeah well we'll see
1: and consider what happens if you are visiting this planet from elsewhere and you're trying to get the lay of the land make a decision on whether to contact us and you see the edifice of our civilization crumbling before their very eyes would they wait to see what happens would they intervene to protect us would they even care would they just wait till we destroy ourselves
2: and take everything over probably none of the above that's a good possibility i don't even think they're watching
1: now on last week's episode we talked to kevin randall and he is fun he's a fun guest because he doesn't mince words If he doesn't agree with something, he tells you. Like, for example, he's not convinced that the Aztec-New Mexico crash of 1948 actually took place. He gave very specific reasons. What bothers me is that to this day, Scott and Suzanne Ramsey, who wrote that book about the Aztec crash, have not surfaced to defend their book. I left them an email. I left them a phone message, said, Look, we're going to have Kevin Randall on. Would you like to address the issues he has to raise? He has talked to them about it, so it's not that they don't know. Well, and I'm sure they read his review as well. Oh, of course they did. And nothing in the review really is significantly different than what he told them already. He said, Look, this is the problem I have, these are the issues that make it difficult for him to accept the case. And that opens the door for them to say, Well, you know what? You got it wrong. This is why. We have these witnesses, we have this evidence. But then it has to go back to something else. There's a fascinating article on Kevin Randall's blog this week. And you get there by kevinrandall.blogspot.com. Blogspot, of course, is Google's free blogging service, if you want to know what a blogspot is. And the article is about creating memories. And it gets into a very complicated issue. And he uses an article from Wired Magazine as a possible source for some of this. The article, by the way, came from the March 2012 issue of Wired called The Forgetting Pill Erases Painful Memories. Now think about that for a moment. What if, for example, you have a bad relationship, a marriage breaks up, a significant other or close friend dies? Now, we could say as a practical purpose, okay, someone in your family or a friend dies, you want to always remember them, the good things about them. But you don't want the sadness to consume you. What if you can take a pill? What if, for example, a relationship breaks up, a marriage breaks up, you're really sad, you take a pill? I'm not talking about some kind of intoxicant. You take a pill, and it targets the memory that makes you feel bad, so you no longer feel bad. Do we want
2: that to happen? I don't know. I think most people already have that. It's called their television. <laughs> Subliminal messages Yeah. from the no, they just, uh, you know, they're, they're Use the force, It says that right there. See?
1: You yeah, watch certain line. cable news channels, and on the bottom, for about one thirtieth of a second, it says "Use the Force, Luke." No, <laughs> does it doesn't. But the other issue is the accuracy of memories.
2: You know yeah, where, I, I would have to see the science uh, behind some sort of targeted pill that that can take out specific memories. That, that, that doesn't sound feasible. Maybe
1: not now, but maybe eventually, as we understand what memory is, we understand that memory isn't perfect. That you can tell somebody a joke. For example, this is an old test they've done on some of the old variety TV shows, like The Tonight Show, where somebody tells a joke to one person. They whisper the joke to them. And then that joke is whispered to the next person in turn. And by the time they go through five or ten generations, the story has very little relationship
2: to the original. Yeah, it's the old game telephone. That's
1: right. And the other issue being, well, if somebody reports a UFO sighting that may have happened 50, 60, 70 years ago, their memories being contaminated by popular culture, would what they tell us now have any resemblance to what they knew then? Now, Kevin Randall and his dream team understand this because what they do is they try to find more than one person giving a similar story, allowing for the inefficiencies of human perception. What about the written records of the time to confirm what they may know? And by doing that, you can get a pretty good approximation of what might have happened. And this is one of the reasons why Aztec falls down is because, yes, you can find a couple of three people who might remember it, but there's no written record to refer to at the time. And I'm not mentioning the book by Frank Scully, which is basically quoting other people who quoted other people. It's not a direct account. We're talking about direct memories and a written record. With Roswell, there are written records of where a person might have been that year, what kind of work he did, maybe a newspaper story or something. There's something to follow up with. With Aztec there isn't, which is another reason why one might be skeptical. There's no support. But just depending on one person's memory of something may not be adequate unless you can test that person's memory to see how good an observer they are. I mean, I think, for example, of my first remembrance of the Kennedy assassination. 1963, I'm a young guy, not as old as I look. And I remember my father coming home from work that day and saying something roughly, I just heard the president was shot, turn on the TV. That's not exactly what he says. It's what I remember him saying or paraphrasing. Now, it's not something I've discussed with him or anybody else, so I guess the memory was not contaminated, and probably today I would say that's what happened my father's not around to confirm or deny the memory but once your memory is subjected to constant repetition to constant influences by other people suddenly the memory becomes less accurate and i still wonder you'll have to tell me once the next time we get our friendly neighborhood indian tricksters on how they <laughs> could spread oral tradition from father to son etc etc love to know how to do that Maybe yeah, that's well, an ability they, we've lost. They memorize
2: it. Okay. Like a play. Yeah. Sure. I remember where I, where I was when Kennedy was assassinated. I was in a Safeway uh, in L.A. I was five years old.
1: That's 500? No. Okay.
2: And they were pulling a dead guy out of a trunk when we left the store. Oh. It's kind of weird. He smelled really bad. Chris,
1: today we're going to look at exopolitics. What have you in store for us, Chris?
2: Yes, uh, Mr. Ed, uh, quite, quite the character. I've uh, been aware of Ed's work for a number of years, and um, we've, we've talked at length uh, a, a number of times. Ed is one of the founders of the whole, I guess, movement of exopolitics within the field of ufology. Uh, he's out of, out of the whole bunch. I, I think Ed is probably the most level-headed, and, um, of course, we're not going to... You know, name names like um, Weber, Sala, Greer, um, Steve Bassett's also fairly uh, level-headed as well. But Ed is a is a real top researcher, and I think we're going to have a lot of fun talking about his new book, which is available uh, in an e version. And we're going to kind of go in and out of this whole field of exopolitics and find out if uh, there's anything that uh, is going to stick to the wall once we throw it against it. We're going to
1: look at exopolitics coming up next. You're in the Paracast. Neighbors, this summer you and your team will probably be working from different locations. And that's why I recommend GoToMeeting, where you can meet online with clients and colleagues from just about anywhere. GoToMeeting with HD Faces by Citrix allows you to collaborate on files and plans online. And with HD Faces, you just need a webcam to turn your online meetings into a group HD video conference. You can even participate in HD Faces meetings from your iPad. How about that? Work smarter this summer with GoToMeeting with HD Faces. You know, my listeners can try it free for 30 days. Don't wait for this special offer. Visit GoToMeeting.com, click the Try It Free button, use the promo code PODCAST, once again the promo code is podcast. You go to go to meeting.com, you click the try it free button. Take it from me. This is going to be your savior for doing those online meetings in the summer.
4: Alex Jones here with a great way to beat the blackouts, get off the grid, and generate your own supply of electrical power. Folks, with what's been going on in this country, I don't have to tell you about the power grid and just how vulnerable it is. That's in the mainstream news every day. Millions of people have lost their power in the last few weeks because of dangerous storms and killer heat that's pushing the grid beyond its capacity. I've always said that every family needs to be ready for blackouts. And if you don't have a backup system in place, I've got a great opportunity for you. Right now, our good friends at Solutions from Science are offering huge savings on their best-selling Power Hub unit. In fact, I think it's the best deal I've ever seen them make. It's literally thousands of dollars in savings. Remember, these backup systems don't need gas because they're solar-powered. That means there's no dangerous fumes and no noise. InfoWars listeners can get all the details at BeatTheBlackouts.com. That's BeatTheBlackouts.com.
1: He of course, as you learn in our episode december fourth, twenty eleven, is a longtime paranormal investigator, and we labeled him at the time as a self appointed spokesperson for the Exopolitics movement. As always, we have lots of new listeners, Ed, so maybe before we go on, explain to our listeners one hundred one Exopolitics one oh one, what's it mean?
9: Okay. I don't know if I would be, I'm just one of the spokespeople, you know, one of the founders, you know, that were involved in the early days over a decade ago. But uh, basically, exopolitics is just the politics of the universe. And in the 1980s, I got interested, you know, well, I've been interested in studying UFOs for over 40 years now, since I walked into a little metaphysical bookstore in Fairbanks, Alaska in 1967. But in the 1980s, I came to realize there were a lot of different extraterrestrial types being reported with apparently a lot of different agendas and motivations. And since I had a background in ecology, it was not a hard jump for me to understand that these different extraterrestrials had different kind of relationships between themselves and between us, just like animals and plants, you know, in the ecological field have interrelationships. So. I was already doing exopolitics until the word got coined apparently or brought out in the open by Alfred Weber around the turn of a century, you know, about 2000, 2001 or something like that. And, and that kind of galvanized several of us to come together and get organized. And I worked to help found the exopolitics uh, institute with Dr. Michael Sala along with pa- Paula Harris and others. And it's come a long way. it got a lot of good new young people coming in. It's got some serious credibility problems, you know, with some of the founders that are promoting cases that are, you know, not credible at all. And
2: That's well, a bit of an understatement, Ed. I just had to <laughs> kind of interject that. Uh, I'm yeah. nice,
9: and I'm not bringing up any names here. But So the best I could do was try to pull, you know, from my 40 years of experience, pull everything that I knew, um, and the best case is to back up my concepts into a book, and so as you know, that's a lot of work, and it's a lot of work just to write the book, it's a lot of work just to get the book edited, and it's a lot of work right now to market the thing. So what I've done is pull a lot of the material in my over 200-plus blog articles that I've got on my blog, axopolitics.blogspot.com forward slash, and along with some new material as I was writing the book in, into a tight, concise format that's much better, better edited and written than my blog articles. And I felt it is important for me to do this, because I saw what happened with my dad. My dad, when he got about 70 years old, he started to get distracted, and he didn't really pull all of his work into a popular book, which he was intending to do. And so and his ability sort of peaked out at 65, and I'm going to be 64 in November. And so I'm kind of at the peak of my ability now, and so I want to just pull everything that I knew Together for posterity and for young people, because I really appreciate what young people you know as a young person the the works that I read and studied that really put me far ahead where I normally would be, so this is kind of like give back to society, and I'm not really interested in making money much any money off of this. I'm just you know interested in getting the word out what monies that do come in. I'm putting right back out in the marketing and and whatnot, and I'll probably make it free at some point. But right now, it's available on Amazon in both the print version and Kindle version. It's uh, about it's been discounted on Amazon to about eleven dollars and fifty cents. That's a lot for a three hundred and seventy-two page book. That's a really good deal. And on Kindle, it's five dollars and. Sometimes I have promotions where I can make it free on Kindle. So if people go to my, you know, friend me on Facebook and keep an eye on my Facebook wall, uh, if they have got a Kindle, they can get it for free. Okay, and, uh, so you're
1: not but, putting this book out just to make money.
9: No, the thing is, I've you know I've done nothing but spend money all my life on on exopolitics and on UFOs and probably thousands of dollars. I mean, I spent two or three thousand dollars just helicopter flying up in uh, Western British Columbia looking for those alien bodies, you know, that Larry Wickwood told me about up in the mountains there, you know. And so over the years, you know, I made a little money buying and selling land, fixing land up and selling it. And and I live very cheaply for about $500 a month I'm in my own little cabin that I build on my own little piece of land. So I don't need a lot of money. And uh, so... Basically, all you know, any money that comes in on this is going right back out because I just believe in the cause. I think I really believe that people need to know, and we got to really get beyond, you know, did a UFO crash at Roswell, or did Eisenhower meet with aliens in 1954, or what was that light in the sky, you know, and start really digging into what are the issues and implications of extraterrestrial contact as reported by so many credible whistleblowers and contact people and cut through all the disinformation and trash, you know, that's being put out by scammers. You know, I had a little run-in with a scammer that actually kept me from going to lecture in Norway. Would you explain
1: this in more detail? Fascinating. A scammer prevented you or tried to prevent you from lecturing in Norway?
9: Yeah, what happened was, was, you know, I had heard about him, uh, um, this captain, who claimed that UFO had come up under his boat and burnt the underside of the hull of his boat and broke off his um, rudder, and and it was in in the Netherlands, a little bit about the Netherlands press, and he got on the internet, and... I got in kind of interested on it, thought it might be true. And then I told, I was working, going to lecture in Norway with some, for some friends over there, uh, Facebook friends, and they, they had already got the ticket, uh, you know, for me and everything else. And this guy started just uh, lying to them, uh, you know, and they still believed him. And I was kind of made me out to be the bad guy. And it, it felt so, and it felt so unstable that I decided I just, you know, better not go at my age. You know, if I was younger, I you know I, I wouldn't you know have done it. But I, but they found out you know when uh, he came and lectured, and they found out that he was a scammer, and uh, so I'm on good terms with him. So hopefully next uh, spring, I, you know, if they have another conference in Norway, I'll I'll go to it then. But you can find him, you know, on the internet. He had this Seaheart Foundation that he was promoting and there was no such, no legal, and if we found out, there was no legal entity, and uh, no paperwork, no nothing, and he since this has disappeared, but he still kind of monkey wrench into my operations, you know, for a while this spring, but, you know, again, you know, it was just as well, because uh, my, I still was editing on my book, and I really wanted to have my book when I lectured, and I was still two or three months away from that, as it turned out. So I finally got the book out and published uh, at the last of June or early July. So it's only been out a little over a month now. And uh, so I'll probably go on to a lecture circuit. It's kind of hard, you know, for me to get out and go to lecturing and promote myself because I'd rather stay, you know, on backstage. I'm really not too interested in getting out and being the one out in the limelight you don't like being look. a
1: public speaker and we have ed <laughs> komarek i don't like being a public speaker too by the yeah, way it, i like doing radio because nobody has to look at me and nobody has to be around me with Gene yeah. and chris you're in the Paracast.
4: The worst drought in 50 years continues and the first six months of 2012 marks the hottest half year on record. 78% of the Midwest corn belt is in drought conditions. Not only corn, but soy, alfalfa, fruits, vegetables, and wheat are all impacted, raising prices. The cost to feed livestock is forcing farmers and ranchers out of business, blowing up your food prices. The only strategy to counter this is to freeze your food cost at today's prices by getting your own supply of foods from eFoods Direct Now. As the price of raw ingredients increases, eFoods will have to raise prices too. Now is the time to get your supply. I recently increased my supply from eFoods Direct because we have all known this was coming. You know about their delicious, long term storable foods. The fact is, you can eat at any time to save money today. And because it's stores for 25 years, you're locking in today's prices and avoiding the rising food cost. Don't wait. Call 800 409 5633 or go to eFoodsDirect.com forward slash Alex. Call 800 409 5633 or eFoodsDirect.com forward slash Alex. You can bet your life on eFoods Direct.
11: Don't throw away leftovers. Instead, throw all your leftovers, vegetable peels, eggshells, coffee grounds, pizza crusts, and more into the Bokashi. If you love to garden and compost but don't like the hassle of turning a compost bin or the smell, then check out the EM Bokashi Food Waste Recycling System from TerraGanics. Finally, a way to recycle all your food and plant waste safely and effectively and stop using fertilizers, the EM Bokashi Food Waste Recycling System. Rather than decomposition, the Bokashi System uses fermentation to break down waste, so it takes less time to create nutrient dense humus for crops or gardens with no turning and no obnoxious odors to learn more and order your bokashi online visit terragonics.com and click on the orange button that's terragonics.com spelled teragani xcom or call 866-369-3678 that's 866-369-3678 recycle all your food wastes in about six weeks with the bokashi food waste recycling system from terragonics.com TerraGanics, life's getting better
5: If you owe the IRS, you can't make the problem go away without professional help. But with the help of Dan Pilla, you can get your problem solved. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla, and I've been solving tax debt problems for 30 years, and I can help you too. We can stabilize IRS collection action and get your tax debt reduced, sometimes completely eliminated. And if you received a 1099 from a bank because of mortgage or other debt forgiveness, the vast majority of the time... I can show you how to completely erase it so you pay no taxes on what the IRS will consider to be taxable income. Call us for a free consultation to discuss the many possibilities. Call 1-800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-N-O-T-A-X. Or go to my website at TaxHelpOnline.com. Dan Pilla has been protecting taxpayers from the IRS for three decades, and he can help you. Call us today, 800 346 6829 that's 800 34 No Tax.
12: Hi, this is Don Ecker, and you are tuned into the Paracast. Let me tell you what, you're going to hear stuff here that you probably
1: won't hear anywhere else. Hear that, George Snorri? We have Ed Komarek. He is the author of a new book on exopolitics and lots and lots and lots of other subjects that we're going to be getting into as we progress and by the way if you want to find the book at Amazon we'll put a link on our site but it's called it's called UFOs Exopolitics and the New World Disorder. And before we do anything else I want to look at that title New World Disorder. Speak to me.
9: Well, the the reason I use that title is because you know we have this uh I don't know if you've studied up much on the Bilderberg uh group it was founded in Norway and uh 1954, incidentally, the same year that Eisenhower supposedly had met with aliens. And it's a group of of, of, of a global industrialists and bankers and European ro- royalty. And the guy that founded it was Prince Bernard of the Netherlands, but he's actually was a German and was German SS in Germany before the war. And so the core of this group is really bad. And, you know, it's, it's really got some problems. And they're the ones that come up with this idea of the new world order. They've come up with the European Union, a common currency. They want a North American Union. Basically, they want to create this 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 so-called new world order, which is just the old world feudalistic order repackaged. They want to create this global plantation. For them being the masters and the rest of us to be the serfs or the slaves, and it's the same old disorder it's not an order it creates you know autocracy just creates disorder because you have these inequities that are inherent in autocracy. you have some people having a lot and and a few you know and you know, a lot of you know and a lot of people you know having almost nothing, and so you're constantly having revolutions and chaoses and you know, disturbances and whatever and seeing who's gonna be the top who's gonna to be the top dog and then the top dog's always gotta worry about another dog coming out and taking him out.
1: Yeah, I understand and, that. Right now the European Union, which does exist obviously, is having a heap of trouble. They have to deal with problems in Greece, problems in Spain. They have to deal with the Euro, this unified currency and whether it's going to survive.
9: Mm-hmm, yeah, yeah. And all this has to do and it was all thought thought up by these wealthy bankers and industrialists, and some European royalty, particularly royalty in Germany and in the Netherlands, and maybe even in England. So, I found you know my path to uh, to to, um, this group, this Bilderberg group, has been through the UFO community because I've been trying to figure out where you know who's behind the cover up, you know, and other people have reached Bilderberg, this guy. Esalen, uh, Daniel Esalen, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, he, just, he wrote a book that had sold over 5 million copies, and it's going to be in September, it's supposed to be out as a documentary. And, you know, he came from a diff- fairly, completely different place, you know, and I'm coming from another place, and I've been backtracking up, you know, following the money you know, following the power as to where this cover-up comes from and why we still have this cover-up after all these years and whatever. And basically, I've discovered that there's really three main reasons for the cover-up. Now, let's
1: just backtrack a little bit here, because first of all, we have to establish ground rules here before we start jumping into the cover-up. So, number one, UFOs. You're accepting beyond any question that UFOs are extraterrestrial. Is that correct?
9: Yeah, for me, for me that's true. Uh, I've, I've seen just too much evidence. I've seen too much credible or test- cutable or testimony. I've talked to too many co- contact people. I don't really have, have a problem with that. My problem is more what are the details and trying to sort out. I know, but we still have, know, have to go back, back to that to question
1: because there are a lot of different opinions as to what UFOs might be, and E.T. is one of them. Um, yeah, yeah.
9: Well, e- ba- well. Basically, sure. ecopolitics is based on that assumption, on an assumption, you know, like you're saying that extraterrestrials do exist, are coming here to Earth. There's there's many different types, and they're interacting among themselves and with us, you know. And if you can't, you know, handle that, you know, it might not be ready. You know, it might not be time for you to get into it. But for the people, okay. That so the point is here obsessed, is that
1: if you do not accept that premise that UFOs are E.T., and therefore we have to consider the implications of that fact, then there's no point in discussing the rest because it lives or dies with that assumption. But wouldn't it be better to find better evidence to convince people of this? Because right now, a third of the people in the U.S. believe UFOs are E.T. Two-thirds do not.
9: That was a National Geographic study, wasn't it? Or something I wanted to like. Yeah, they study.
1: commissioned the study by an independent survey organization. Yeah. Certainly, yeah. with the kind of show that is chasing UFOs, yeah. they would want to have a result that was even better than that.
9: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it, the, the, pro, the the problem is is what we're up against. You know, is uh, a powerful group of people with a powerful uh, interest into keeping this covered up. Yeah, but you see,
1: that's based on assumptions, because we're first assuming that UFOs are E.T. without necessarily considering what kind of evidence is required to prove that, and not that it satisfied Ed, that Ed, it obviously satisfies Ed that there is something of that nature going on, it satisfies Stanton Friedman and a lot of other people, but as I said, a lot of people are not satisfied. And I wonder if we're maybe putting the cart before the horse in this argument, which is how do we convince more people that UFOs really represent ET? Wouldn't that well, make it first, easier to get disclosure? Yeah, you
9: know, the first thing is you know, you know, the, you, know it, you know. I think we talked about this before. You know, an, sure. a, an intelligence operative, you know, is flying by the seat of his pants. You know, he doesn't know there's a machine gun nest over the other hill over there. You know, but he's got quite a bit of evidence that there is one there, and he's not about to go running over that hill until the evidence hits him in the chest. But so he's going to operate on the assumption that it's there and work from there. You know, now you you can say, well, you know, he just got a wild imagination, and you know, and there's no real machine gun nest over there, and I'm going to walk out there and prove it. And you walk out there, and bam, the evidence hits you in the chest. It's too late. So, what you got to do on some of this is you got to get out front you've got to work with, you know, less than solid, completely solid evidence because what's coming down the pike is, you know, and when the bullet hits you, it's going to be too late to deal with it. And that's why, you know, even if you don't believe that, you know, or you don't have enough evidence to become convinced that extraterrestrials do exist and that they are inter- interacting with humanity, it's important to start thinking a little farther ahead you know, because by the it's it's kind of like you know it's it, there's a you know it's kind of like uh, uh, you know I, I look at it in ecological terms you know and I see it you know I see there's a predator behind that bush over there and I think and I'm not really sure if he's there you know I see the bush wiggle a little bit I see a movement behind it and I'm saying listen guys there's a predator there behind that bush you know I'm gonna back off a little bit and they say no nah, no. Nah, you know, there's nothing behind over there. I back off, and then they get eaten. So the thing is, is you got to work, you know, fly by the seat of your pants when you're doing intelligence work to get a little ahead of the game. And some people are good at it, and some people aren't. And, you know, I hope that I'm at least per, you know, 80% correct, you know, in this book. You know, I've tried to stick with time-tested cases. that are not going to blow up in my face. And people that sound credible and, and sources that you can confirm uh, you know, uh with other sources, in other independent sources. I don't like to get too far out on a limb on any one particular case, but You've got, you've got to, I think it's just really important for what's coming down the pike to get a little ahead of the game and realize that we're being preyed on. Uh, we're, you know, our perceptions are being, uh, manipulated through techniques of perception management for the last 60 or 70 years, you know, by globalist elite who don't want the truth out because it seriously impacts their interest.
1: But you know what? We can also do some kind of reverse double whammy theory here, which is maybe they, the powers that be, whoever they are, Bill de Burgers, the Silence Group, the international bankers, want us to believe that E.T. is coming here to divert our attention away from whatever they're really doing. Wouldn't that be just as possible as saying, well, the evidence is pointing to E.T., as a working theory, it's valid to point in that direction and then consider the implications. Maybe it's the reverse. We have to look at that. Ed Comarick joining Gene and Chris. You're in
2: the Paracast.
10: The GCN Radio Network providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN.
1: You go to
13: store.thepowercast.com, stop by, and take a shopping tour. Let's keep preparedness simple. Do you need stuff for disasters? Of course you do. For over 15 years, DisasterStuff.com has, well, stuff for disasters. See? Easy to remember. DisasterStuff.com. Want free shipping on a new Berkey water filter? DisasterStuff.com is the official Berkey in-stock shipping center. Lots of folks want an EMP Faraday bag to protect sensitive electronics during a solar or nuclear event. Now for a limited time, all survival gear purchases over 75 dollars include a free 8 by 8 inch emp faraday bag just enter promo code emp bag when you check out at disasterstuff.com we're also a country living grain mill authorized dealer plus we offer freeze-dried foods by alpine air and wise foods we also carry emergency kits survival seeds and much more preparedness should be simple and it is just remember disasterstuff.com freedom through self-reliance and personal responsibility
11: absorption of food nutrients aids in controlling yeast infections is never freeze dried and uses three groups of live viable beneficial microbes to cleanse and remove toxins order Pro EM one daily probiotic cleanse at terraganics.com spelled t e r a g a n i x.com terraganics.com or call toll free 866-369-3678 that's 866-369-3678 proem1 the raw probiotic
14: In this unpredictable world, disaster can strike anyone. That's why an essential part of any emergency survival plan must be stove in a can. When power goes out and gas lines are down, the portable, safe, easy to use stove in a can cooks food up to four hours and boils water in as little as five minutes. Stove in a can comes with everything you need. The stove fuel, even waterproof matches all in a compact, durable, heavy duty container. Plus the all natural, non-explosive, 100% waterproof fuel source can be stored indefinitely. Say goodbye to the hassle and danger of propane, lighter fluid or gas. Stock up now and protect your family with Stove in a Can, starting out at $29.99. Special bundle offers now available with a 100% satisfaction guarantee or your money back. Order yours today at StoveInACan.com. That's StoveInACan.com. This is Jacques Vallée. You're listening to the podcast
1: the gold standard of paranormal radio. We have Ed Komarik joining Gene and Chris in the Powercast. His new book is called UFOs, Exopolitics, and the New World Disorder. Before we did the break, I posted the reverse whammy question here, which is, would it be possible that this concentration on E.T. is deliberate? They want us to think it's ET because they're doing something else that we don't realize.
9: Okay, that the, there is something very similar going on. Water von Braun told Carol Rosen, you know, way back uh, when when she was involved with him, that it, I think she was working at Fairchild Industries, and they say they were using the Cold War in order to gain more control over people. And when they got to, when that ran out, they were going to use terrorism. And when that ran out they were going to use alien invasion
1: okay and, but you and, see that creates and, a lot and, of political and, interplay there because we yes, can say and, well look what happened after 911 well we have the patriot act where we gave up certain freedoms for more control by the government to find the alleged terrorists in our midst
9: yeah and and, and so what i'm afraid of i'm getting very concerned about right now with with these uh, theories like dark skies and these alien invasion scenarios, you know, in which the the craft shoot up cities and stuff like that, that we're being prepared for a scenario uh, like 9-11, but on even a wider scare, just to scare the pants off of everybody all around the globe and do what President Reagan said, you know, what if people, you know, had an external threat and a threat of aliens, you know, wouldn't we unite behind a, you know, common purpose? Okay, so
1: the theory being here that if we make people believe that we're under threat of being attacked by E.T., the authorities can use that information to take control, declare martial yeah, they, law, do something that, that would that's, cause that's everybody right. to lose their freedoms.
9: That, yeah, that, that's right. And, and they're doing that. And that's part of the program. And, and that was told, you know, Warner Brown Bond was on to that, you know, way back, I guess, in the 50s.
1: After he left the presidency, Eisenhower warns against the military-industrial complex. That, Got to watch right. out that, for them. Is this yeah, part that was, of that?
9: Yeah, that was Bilderberg, the Bilderbergs. They were founded in 1954.
1: Okay, so this is what he was referring to. Okay, but yeah. then we're looking at something that may be independent of UFO reality. UFOs so, do not have to be real for the illusion of their presence or threat to be created, right?
9: Well, I've seen enough evidence, and I've got got—I've hopefully got enough evidence in this book for people to, to realize that all these people aren't lying. Some of these people have got to be telling the truth. And well, the question is that, here,
1: yes, they're seeing something, but how do we determine the cause? And even then, assuming it is E.T. And I'll go with that for the sake of argument because there's a lot of stuff that's pretty crazy going on there. Okay, it's E.T. visiting us. How can we make assumptions about what that means? There are lots of possibilities. Once we talk about E.T., is it one race? Is it many races? Are they evil towards us? Are they friendly? Maybe they just don't care. Maybe this that's is the what, recreation <laughs> spa of the universe. They come here to look at those crazy earthlings.
9: Now what I, what, that's what I pulled all this together to try to make some sense out of all this. And we've got a lot of quotes in here from high level people. You know, people that have been involved. You know, Ben Rich said there are two types of UFOs: the ones we build and the ones they build. We learned from both crash retrievals and actual hand me downs. The government knew, and until 1969. Took an active hand in the administration of that information. After 1969, Nixon purge administration was handled by an international board of directors in the private sector. Now this is none other than Ben Rich of the Skunk Works, head of the Skunk Works, and I've got a lot of cases like this. You know, of credible people, high-level people, sometimes on their deathbed, explaining what the situation is. So, uh, I'll kind of run. Do we have time to just kind of run through the book, kind of briefly here? Uh, chapter one. I have evolution on other worlds. I have a couple of good reptilian cases. I've got uh, some human ca- human type extraterrestrial cases. I've got some insect type extraterrestrial cases. And my thesis of the first chapter is is that we don't have to go to other worlds to understand how species evolve on other worlds because they're coming here, and we can, by studying what's here, we can learn something about the evolution of other species on other worlds and our place in relation to all this. And then the next chapter is, uh, chapter two is military interactions with extraterrestrials. I've got, you know, like the Fontaine's briefing, Uh, you know, Fontaine's was a doctor in Brazil, very respected and UFO investigator. And two intelligence men met with him, and they pretty much told him what the situation was at that time in the around, I think it was mid-1950s. I've got it down here in the book. And then I go into Chapter 3, Breakaway Civilization, Secret Space Program, and I provide uh, the best evidence I've found that that there's been a a parallel space program that started maybe in 1938 in uh, Germany with a crash in Germany. Uh, and the Germans started their, sauc- their saucer programs you know, using exotic uh, electromagnetic propulsion systems, and then that was taken over by the Americans after the war. You know, yeah, but Ed, Ed, Ed,
2: there is absolutely no not one shred of evidence that is dunk that's the, irrefutable. The
9: evidence – evidence- the evidence is all right here in the it's all right here in my book. If you read my book, then yeah,
1: but not we can everybody's going to read uh, your argument. book, Ed. Ed, not everybody's going to read your book. So you need to summarize right now something that's compelling to prove this.
9: Okay, well, let me just run over what the book's about. Okay, chapter. You
1: know, Ed, let's go chapter by chapter. We're talking about one topic and one question that Chris raised. Let's deal with okay. that rather than just overwhelm everyone with 30 different subjects, okay?
9: Okay, let's start on evolution of other worlds. Okay, at the beginning of the chapter, you know, I, I have some quotes of, you know, credible people. The first one I have here is, We found ourselves faced by powers which are far stronger than we had hitherto assumed and whose base is at present unknown to us. More I cannot say at present. We are now engaged in entering into closer contact with those powers, and in six or nine months' time, that may be possible to speak with more precision on the matter.
1: Okay, let's stop right there. Okay.
9: How do we know that
1: we're in touch with... Let me say
9: whose whose quote this is. The father of rocket science, Wernher von Braun, in reference to the deflection of the U.S. Juno-2 rocket from orbit. Okay, that's Ronald Von Braun. Okay, here we have another one. It's my thesis that flying saucers are real and they are spaceships from another solar system. I think that the possibility are manned by intelligent observers who are members of a race and may have investigated Earth for centuries. Okay, I understand that. I understand that people have made that Rock theory. Creation. Ed, please. I, I've, got give, I've got to give the evidence here to you. Yeah, but the I evidence is not a
1: quote, okay? Somebody's quote or opinion is not evidence. I could give you an <laughs> opinion it? That's just well, as I mean, we're interesting. I
9: get anywhere. If you, if you need physical evidence, Gene, I mean, you know, you wait till the bullet hits the end of the chest, you know, what can I say? Uh, well, you I'm going to ask I mean, you,
1: though, for the evidence, not that somebody says, I believe this, but what evidence is there to prove that what they believe is true? Let's look at that.
9: Well, we're talking about witness, witness testimony, high-level people in the know, that's evidence. You know, I mean, if, if, if you want physical evidence, we're never going to get any No, I,
1: evidence of someone saying, I think something is thus and so, is not evidence of anything. It's evidence of an opinion. If someone says, based on what we've analyzed, based on the information that's come to us, it appears that this is what the UFO mystery these is guys, all about. That may be something.
9: Like it is. They, they're saying this is the way that they're in a position to know. You know, so, you know, that's evidence, you know, you know. You know, what can I say? If, if, if you're going to be stuck and you're not going to be able to think any further outside of the box unless you use evidence that's not rock hard, completely solid. If, I mean, if you're waiting for rock hard, completely solid evidence, you're never going to be able to move no, forward. No, I'm not expecting be that done.
1: because we haven't had it up to now and it's going to be very difficult to come by it. What I'm interested in is where somebody in the know doesn't just state something as something they might believe or expect or hope for, but based on their investigation, based on their inside knowledge, that they know that something's going on that has a certain impact. That's the kind of stuff that we're talking about here. You follow me?
9: There's different, there are different kinds. You, you know, you got to go by, you know, if, if, you, if you want just cases, you know, like, there's a case here of an insect-like extraterrestrial in this first chapter, uh, insect-type extraterrestrial, a young girl in Poland saw out in the field, and she describes this insect-type of extraterrestrial as looking kind of like a play, praying mantis, and this is a lot, well, a number of abductees have said the same thing, you know, have described this same kind of creature and whatever, and I'm saying that, okay, here we have, you know, we have insect like extraterrestrials, we have reptilian cases of people that encounter reptilian type of extraterrestrials. they have had people that have encountered, like Johnny Sands, you know, the country singer who had an encounter with an amphibian type of extraterrestrial, that these creatures, as being reported by people, are evolving on other worlds. In ways similar to here on Earth, except because nature is using the same kind of strategies, you know, there as here on Earth in similar environments. Like, you know, you have exoskeletons and you have endoskeletons. You know, and or you know, each have survival strategies. I'll okay. tell you what. We'll get to Ed, this
1: survival strategy and we'll move on. Ed Komarik, joining Jean and Chris. You're in the Pericast. The Pericast.
0: Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Jane Steinberg.
1: We're asking Ed the tough questions here, and I think he understands that if we don't ask him, nobody will. Ed Komarek is explaining why he believes there's something very compelling about what's going on. That's ET, and we have to consider the consequences. Okay, so you've seen a lot of different kinds of creatures. In connection with UFOs, we've seen the insectoids, we've seen the so-called reptilians, we've seen humanoid, we've seen humans.
2: So on the basis of that... Yeah, well, we're assuming here, we're assuming that we're dealing with life forms that are from outside of this closed system called Earth. And that's a big leap for me. Uh, I think that that there are other possibilities that need to be examined as well.
9: it's, It's not assuming, it's whether you accept these testimonies as true... And credible, and if you do, then you build assumptions and you build concepts on that. That's what I'm. Well,
2: no, yeah, I agree. I agree, and I think there are okay, some okay, very, okay, very good, okay, so is, credible so cases good. out there. Yeah, but Ed, okay, we're so making an assumption that we're dealing with extraterrestrials. That is well, an you're, assumption. You're, you're we have making, no evidence at all this to back evidence. that that assumption well, up.
9: Well, we have a complete disagreement as to what is evidence. I I, I consider this testimony credible, and I consider it evidence. It would in a court of law, people are sent to prison for life or hung. Well, I
2: agree with you, Ed, that there is something going on. On
9: witness witness testimony. So this witness testimony is credible. It was taken into a court. But it's an assumption
2: to go from a real event, which I think all three of us agree, there is something uh, high-strange going on, and there has been probably for centuries, but isn't it an assumption? To assume that these beings are coming from elsewhere—how do we know that? We don't. We're making a leap.
9: Yeah, yeah. So, and some you know, the interesting thing about ecology, you know, Gene, was that my fa- my father was one of the early ecologists. In fact, Herb Stoddard was the, one of the founders of ecology. He was a good friend of Otto Leopold, you know, who was considered a founder of ecology, but Herb Stoddard was right there in with him as well as Dr. Ali at the at University of Chicago, and my dad studied under Dr. Ali at the University of Chicago and both Herb and Dad were museum collectors. And Dad said, you know, he had friends at the Field Museum there in Chicago, and he used to argue with the taxonomist. The taxonomist said, There's no, ecology is just BS. There's nothing to ecology. Show me a relationship. Relationships don't exist. Show me, you know, here, I can touch this creature here. I can touch these feathers. I can touch this, you know, this mammal here. That's real, you know. There's no such thing as ecology. There's no such thing as a relationship. It's not real. And Dad could never convince the taxonomist to think any further beyond that because they were in their little, you know, down in their little basements and they were, you know, were dealing with animal skins and sorting out this bird from that bird and this animal from that animal they weren't out there in nature watching what was going on in nature and how all these animals and plants were all in a relationship and interacting amongst themselves they can never make that jump and it's the same thing with people in the ufo field there's a lot of people can't make the jump to that for the same reason you know you'll probably die you know not get it making that jump some people will make it, and, and it will become a emerging a field eventually. Academics will get in it and fill it out, and it will become a legitimate science, you know, just like ecology was. So not everybody is suited is suited to make the jump, nope, can, can make that jump, you know, and so what can I say? And so what I'm trying to do is talk to the people, you know, that can, that are willing to consider this evidence and think of what this evidence Where it leads, not necessarily as an assumption, or you can call it a speculation, but it's informed speculation based upon evidence and upon all this witness testimony and whatever. And here's here's the lay of the land and here's where we're going. And that's important to know to have some kind of a model or roadmap, even if it's not 100% accurate, to guide us forward, you know, interactions. And that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to put out a roadmap. You know, that hopefully is 80% correct. And I'm, what I'm saying here is that evolution is going on. in These other worlds, top predators are evolving. They're coming, coming here just like we're evolving on this planet. And they get into conflicts and fights and warfare. And I've got a bunch. Of, I've got a whole chapter on extraterrestrial warfare where it seems like extraterrestrial craft are shooting at each other and even crashing. Some of them crashing to Earth after a fight. And okay, so what, you know that, what? Let's just stop there. So you just raised years.
1: a lot of different possibilities. I'm going to ask you about that one. Okay, so you're saying that ETs are fighting each other in our atmosphere? Is that right?
9: Yeah, I, I've got cases that go. In fact, they they go way back to the Vedas. And let me, you know, let me skip here. Take the book here and skip back.
1: Let's jump into uh, one I, of these just to get a sense.
9: This is this is a chapter on extraterrestrial warfare. Here's a, here's a quote from the Nagahabrata. You know, probably eight to 10,000 years old, maybe, you know, it was passed down, these legends or these myths were, you know, supposedly passed down, but it's very detailed. Gurkha flying in his swift and powerful vetma hurled against the three cities of the Vishnu's and the Angkoros, you know, a single projectile charged with all the power of the universe, an incandescent column of smoke and fire as brilliant as 10,000 suns rose in all its splendor. It was the unknown weapon, the iron thunderbolt, the gigantic messenger of death, which reduced to ashes the entire race of the Vishnu's and the Andacase. The corpses were so burned as to be unrecognizable. Okay, I mean, this is, you know, it's, it's also, you know, it's in the Bible. By the by the time Lot had reached Zor, the sun had risen over the land, and the Lord rained down burning sulfur on Sodom and Gomorrah. From the Lord out of the heavens, thus he overthrew those cities and the entire plain, including all those living in the cities and also the vegetation in the land. But that sounds Christ like an that,
1: attack against us. It doesn't sound like ET attacking ET.
9: Well, if, if you if you get into the stuff from the Vedas, it's it's, it's obvious that, that what's going on. In fact, here uh, I've got you know I've got links on this. The the here's a quote from this link that there was uh, a possibly a crime war between Atlantis and Rama about 10,000 years ago. The Mabra is a virtual... I'm quoting right, here, but why Marbera- do we
1: think that Atlantis, for example, relates to E.T.? Would it not be also possible that we created Atlantis and...
9: Okay, here, let me read a couple of paragraphs of this quote. The minorized is virtual gold mining information relating to conflicts between gods who are said to have settled their differences, apparently using wef- weapons as lethal as those we have now. Apart from blazing missiles, the poem records the use of other deadly we- weapons. Indra's dart is operated by a circular reflector and then switched on it produces a shaft of light which, when focused on any target, immediately consumes it with its power. In one exchange, the hero Krishna is pursuing his enemy, Sava, in the sky when Sava's vetma, the Shabdha, Buddha is made invisible in some way. Undeterred, Krishna immediately fires off a special weapon. I quickly laid on an arrow which killed by seeking out sound. Many other terrible weapons are described quite matter-of-factly in the Maga Bharata, but the most fearsome of all is the one against used against the Vishrilis, The narrative records, this is one, Kirk will find a swap and deal, whatever. The nails in the air fell out, pottery books without apparent cause, and the birds turned white. After a few hours, all foodstuffs were infected. Escape from this fire. The soldiers threw themselves in streams to wash themselves and their equipment. Some said that Mabarada described an atomic war. References like this one are not isolated, but battles using a fantastic array of weapons and aerial ve- vehicles are common in all the epic Indian books. One even describes the Vitma of Valak's battle on the moon. Check out this link for more quotes from the Inditech and Dollar and, and it's very clear that, you know, it, it also uh, – um, uh, Oppenheimer was quoted, you know, when the bomb went off, you know, i become – you know, he quoted out of the Vedic scriptures. And he was asked, according to this reporter that, that I've quoted here, he was asked at the time, you know, if that was the first atomic bomb that was exploded. And he said, he said yes in recent times because he'd studied history. Right, and again,
2: again, Ed, we're assuming that these are ETs uh, in conflict with each other, when in fact maybe well, it, it's some sort of antediluvian civilization, and maybe it's humankind's ancient technology that we've lost. You are jumping, Ed, you are jumping and making an assumption that what we're dealing with here are races coming uh, from other places to, uh, to this planet. How do we know that we didn't evolve? How do we well, know dinosaurs I, didn't evolve? I,
9: I'm, I'm drawing on a whole different batch of data than you're drawing on, you know, which which leads to com- two completely pers- different perspectives.
1: You know, looking and at I, both of what and you're I, and saying here, get, Ed, I get, got to do the to break. Ed, got to do the break. So I'm not being rude. Got to do the break. What I'm seeing here is that we can take two pieces of data, and Chris is going to say, well, we could have had advanced civilizations here, and you could say, well, maybe two. Species of E.T. decided to use Earth as the place where they staged their attacks against one another. Ed Komarek, joining Gene and Chris. You're in
2: The Paracast.
17: Ray Perkins, a reclusive veteran burned out from the Gulf War, lives tortured by relentless, perplexing nightmares.
7: My name is Leslie, and I've had depression since I was a child. After being on Prozac for 20 years, I got onto the One World Way, and my need for Prozac was reduced by 50% within a few months. Now, after less than one year, I am completely off of Prozac. I learned that mercury is a toxin that causes brain damage and depression. By taking One World Way, I know that I've detoxified my brain of mercury and excess glutamate, and I'm now functioning with this dramatic improvement in my mood.
18: The power to change your life lies in part in the power you have to change your body's chemistry. Through diet and supplementation, you have the power to change your body's chemistry to support dramatic improvements in health and happiness. Nature has been and always will be mankind's first and only pharmacy to choose from. Change your chemistry and change your life with one world way. Call 888 988 3325 That's 888 988 3325 Or visit oneworldway.com that's oneworld w-h-e-y dot
12: Every day, nearly 3,000 families enter into foreclosure and face losing their home. If you're currently behind on your mortgage, you can still avoid foreclosure. You can save your home, but you need to act now. We're Allied State Foreclosure Services. We're experts in saving homes from foreclosure. With just one phone call to us, you can stop the foreclosure process, lower your monthly mortgage payments, and save your home. Call now. The call is free with no obligation. 1-800-597-8843. Call us if you've been threatened with foreclosure, denied loan modification, or missed a payment on your mortgage. If you've been a victim of a predatory loan or are upside down on your mortgage, even if you've lost your job and you're worried about losing your home, don't wait. Call us now and let us help you save your home. You've worked hard to build a life with your family. Let us help you keep your home. Call now before it's too late. 1-800-597-8843. 1-800-597-8843. 1-800-597-8843.
5: Next, we build a comprehensive plan to get your tax debt reduced to the fullest extent possible, sometimes even completely eliminated. And finally, we work with you every step of the way to get your problem solved once and for all. Call us for a free consultation. Call one 800 346 We'll work together to get your problem solved guaranteed. Dan Pilla has been protecting taxpayers from the IRS for three decades, and he can help you too. Call us today at 800 800- Three four six six eight two nine. That's eight hundred 4 no tax.
0: We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at the Paracast.com. That's news at the Paracast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast Community Forums at forum.theparacast.com.
1: With Gene. And Chris on the Paracast, Ed Komarik, new book out on exopolitics and the new world disorder. And we're focusing here on the theory that things reported in ancient texts are describing two factions or species of E.T. going after each other. And I have to wonder here, if they are really so concerned with fighting one another, why pick this place? Why pick our atmosphere Do it in space. Do it on their own world. Why come here?
9: Okay, we can't look at at any particular bit of evidence, you know, on its own. We have to correlate it with other evidence and hope comes with some kind of a model or understanding of what's going on. And that's what I'm trying to do here is that I I started in this chapter with these ancient cases. And, and right up to the present. And what I've d- done is, you know, in this book is not really all my work. I mean, I, you know, I, I've written maybe a third of this book and the rest of it is quoted material. You know, that's why I pretty much published it on my own because I probably have trouble, you know, with a major publisher, you know, with that, you know, because there's so many people and getting permissions, you know, just really difficult from so many people. So, I quote this article, it quotes Ivan you know, interestingly, Manhattan chief scientist Robert Edwin was known to be familiar with ancient St. Louis's Louis literature. An interview conducted after he watched the first atomic test, he quoted from the Bhagavad Gita, now I've become death, the destroyer of worlds. I suppose we all felt that way. When asked in an interview at Rochester University seven years after the Almagora nuclear test, whatever it was, the first atomic bomb ever to be donated, his reply was, ancient cities whose brick and stone walls have literally been petrified, that is, fused together, can be found in India, Ireland, Scotland, France, Turkey, and other places. There's no logical explanation for the verification of the stone forks in cities except for an atomic blast. And there's another article I've got here in an article the ancient city found in India radiated from atomic blast it stated radiation is still so intense that the area is highly dangerous so heavy later radioactive ash and rejects the snake right, you stuff.
2: know and Ed, your point is uh, is taken here that there is okay. evidence of a form okay. of light technology and warfare from ancient times but again okay, we'll be, it's an assumption okay, 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 it's okay, an okay, assumption it's, it's, to consider this as evidence of extraterrestrial visitation and extraterrestrial this, this conflict. Is,
9: this, this is part of the evidence, but I have to. That's why in this chapter I give you other bits and pieces that that fill out the picture. This one item is not evidence of that in it, in it itself, but when it relates to all this other material, then it as a whole becomes very compelling. So you have to see me through, okay? So the, the next case I got here is just move forward, fast forward here to April fourteenth, fifteen sixty one. There's a Hans Glaser woodcut from 1566, five years after the event, in the same year as the bestor report. At sunrise on the 14th of April, 1561, the citizens of Nuremberg beheld a very frightful spectacle. The sky appeared to be filled with cylindrical objects from which red, black, orange, and blue, white discs and globes emerged. Crosses and tubes resembling cannon barrels also appeared, whereupon the objects promptly began to fight one another. After about an hour of battle, the objects seemed to catch fire and fell to earth, where they turned to steam. A broadsheet that dates from 1561 in the Wilhelm collection of Switzerland Zurich Central Library scans an ancient battle. At sunrise, many people witnessed large numbers of dark red, blue, and black globes or plates near the sun, some three and In a row, now and then four in a square, also some alone, and amongst these globes, some blood-colored crosses were seen. The document also refers to two great tubes in which three, four, and more globes were seen. They then all began to fight each other, and this went on for an hour until they fell from the sun and sky down to earth, producing a lot of steam. Beneath the globes, a long object that looked like a great black spear was also described as seen. And so the Nuremberg case is, you know, very interesting and compelling. And then in 1608, the ETs were added again with another aerial battle between extra craft in France. Occupants were seen as well.
1: Okay, but let me okay, ask you a question here. Okay, Ed, Ed, <laughs> I grant there are cases there that show some kind of conflict. We don't know, of course, whether it's two races, whether it's two factions of the same race, whether Spaceship A had a disagreement with Spaceship B. And if that's been happening, all these violent encounters, what about the present day? We're not hearing about that stuff in recent times, are we?
2: Yeah, we, yeah we're going around right the Yeah, actually we are, Drew.
9: <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're gone. You know, that, that's what you got How recent are we through, talking about? Know, because we've got to look at the evidence in its totality, not any particular piece or part of it, and try to draw our conclusions from that because we can't. We've got to draw it from the vast amount of data that's available to us. And so what I'm saying here is the occupants we're seeing here in 1608, 1608, the ETs were added again. In August of 1608, people of southern France from Marseille to witnessed a, a true wave of UFOs reported in their chronicle from the title described discourse. The terrible is to the sky over a marked accused of an aerial took place with left a odor of saltpeter or sulfur. The inhabitants of Nice saw three strange luminous vessels moving at high speed above the city. The vessels stopped close to a fortress, then went down into the sea, causing water to boil and release a reddish-colored vapor. To the amazement of onlookers, two humanoid beings with large heads and very luminous eyes and reddish scales connected to their vessels by tubes, past several hours in some kind of strange work. Also off a ago, an, an aerial battle took place between flying objects and other craft emerging from the sea. The soldiers of the foresters delivered 800 blows from their guns to drive off the intruders.
1: Okay, okay so here, let's just look at, at it this way. Off- Ed, we can go on and on. The point being, yes, we have cases showing conflict, and Chris says there are more recent cases. How recent? What about 10, 20, 30 years ago are we seeing cases where UFOs were evidently fighting one another.
9: Here I am. I'm moving right up into this. I began searching the Internet. The first case of, well, actually, you know, how I got onto this was a local T told me that his ET friends had were getting into it with another race and one of them had been wounded. That's not a lot of evidence. But I put it back on my mind, but it kind of started working on it. So then I got on the Internet and I started researching. Here's one of the first cases I found. I began searching the Internet, and the first possible ET conflict I found was UFO activity over Indiana. I read and i you got know, a link to it. I understand, all-
1: but let's just stop with researching on the Internet. We understand historical documents and stuff that happened a long time ago. I think those of us who have spent a lot of time on the Internet, I won't say I invented the Internet, but I've been on the Internet since the 1980s, you learn that anybody can put up something with a link and claim it's true. And because look, you see a link to a case doesn't mean that case is true. What you need is to look at the facts of the case, find other links, other stories that right, confirm the right, first one, maybe talk to the done. witnesses if you can, and see if there is... Some published evidence or other that, that, information.
9: That's, that's what I've done, but you got to hear me out. Okay, me go ahead. Okay, so you found this. these cases I mean, on we, the
1: internet. What did you do we, to verify the cases?
9: We've got a couple hours to work through this. Here, lights similar to those seen over Phoenix also appeared on Tuesday and Wednesday, April 14th, 15th, 2008, over the towns of Kokomo and Logansport in northern Indiana. Those lights were accompanied by loud sounds, an odd metallic odor in the air, and the appearance of military aircraft. And before no, I need hours, to ask you the source
1: first. It. Ed, I need to ask you the source first. I'm not trying to be rude here. I understand you can go on and read these cases for three hours. You know, we're not going to do that because we can't do it. We just want sample cases. And James, please, would, Ed.
9: Let me present the evidence, and then we can discuss the case.
1: But All right, I mean, before here's... we do that, you've already read this case. And before we do that, we need to break, and then we'll come back. We have Ed Komarek. With Gene and Chris, you're in The Paracast. Are you tired
10: of searching for Great Talk Radio? Something more important. Search no more.
1: We are the GCN Radio Network.
7: America, land of the free. But how free can you be, really, when Internet viruses and malware can attack your computer? Sure, you have antivirus protection, but it's not free, is it? Until now. Now, Zone Alarm offers free antivirus protection. And independent studies show that Zone Alarm provides better malware protection than even Norton and McAfee. And they're not free, are they? Declare your freedom and go to GetBetterForFree.com. That's GetBetterForFree.com. Clear out your pantry. And make room in your closets. You're going to need the space for these hot August deals at BePrepared.com. Going on now, save 23% on Provident Pantry scrambled egg mix or 28% on freeze dried strawberry slices. New this month, Baking Cocoa for daily use or long term storage. Buy one of the Provident Pantry baking or dessert combos and save up to $25 off individual component pricing. Or add some weight to your water storage at BePrepared.com. The ultimate 55 gallon water barrel combo is on sale this month for only $94.99. Food and water storage is great, but how are you going to cook it in an emergency? The popular Volcano Two collapsible stove. Save $27.96 off MSRP. Go to BePrepared.com for more details and more August savings now through August 31st. Call 800-999-1863 to experience exceptional customer service and BePrepared.com's low price guarantee. That's 800-999-1863. The choice is clear. Be unprepared or BePrepared.com.
16: The summer specials are on at HHA, Herbal Healer Academy. Current customers know this is the time to save big at HerbalHealer.com. And new customers, welcome to the web's best place to save on vitamins, minerals, and more. Right now, Herbal Healer's summer specials include our 500 parts per million colloidal silver, all sizes on sale, liquid CalMag vitamin D and organic iodine, CoQ10 with Hawthorne, Colon Enhancer Super Two, natural laxative, our exceptional product, Tonixen memory power and super mail and Vemplex, all on sale for summer at herbalhealer.com also get 10 percent off on the herbal healer academy survival course information that might save your life enjoy same day shipping and free online newsletter log on to our nation's leader in supplying quality natural medicine and education since 1988 herbal healer academy at herbalhealer.com
1: deal. With Gene and Chris, Ed Komarik joining us. We're basically going back and forth on some cases. But before we go into more details of this case, you found the link on the internet. The link to what? Is this a newspaper story? What is this report? What's it based on?
9: This is a case that was investigated by Bill Nell and other people. And other All right, people. stop Bill Nell. Yeah, Nell yeah, stop
1: Bill Nell. Bill Nell is a fake. Bill Nell is a fraud. We've proven that on the Paracast. We've had him on the show. He hung up because he couldn't answer questions. He made up stories about being quoted in different publications for which there was no record. There are people who claim that Bill Nell has taken their material misappropriated that material, and offered his own versions okay. for sale. We had Frank Warren discussing it. That, that, so before that, we go I, on, it, it Bill Nell does, is out of the it, picture. If you want to quote Bill does, Nell, forget about it. We're not talking about Bill Nell. Forget about Bill Nell. As far as I'm concerned, his credibility, his... From? Ed, please, this, drop this Bill Nell. Sound. and Give me another source. Give me a source like a newspaper. Give me a source like a UFO organization like a MUFON. Give me something a little more authoritative.
9: Okay. Okay. Hey, you know Roger Marsh, don't you? You know, I mean, he's a credible guy. He's Mufon's new editor, right, of the journal? Yeah. Okay, here's a case from Roger Marsh. I've got okay, it as, sure, let's talk as, about as, that. As link, as link 148, posted by Roger Marsh, of a possible dogfight over New Jersey. The witness said planes were traveling across the sky. In contrast to these planes, the objects were moving at a credible speed, speed that, as far as I know, are inhumanly possible. I'd estimate thousands of miles per hour. I can estimate these incredible speeds due to the known limited speed of commercial airliners. Furthermore, these objects were moving in many different directions. I mean, right angles, reverse direction on a dime, vertically, horizontally, etc. During a a sparing few incidents, these white lights would suddenly flash a red or an orange hue as well. I would describe these movements as if a dog bites, seemingly interacting with each other at times. Mind you, all while planes were traveling through the sky, okay? And we go to, uh, that's Roger Marsh, you know, MUFON. This UFO dogfighter text case is recent. I keep finding these cases for this chapter by trying different word searches and more. Whatever. I walked outside at 2 a.m. on September 9, 2011, to make sure my car was locked and saw this weird blue... Glowing orb shoot across the sky toward a stationary white orb and a weird reddish glowing orb. Then the blue orb shot up a beam at the red orb. Then the red orb kind of shot off for 30 seconds and the white orb turned a reddish color all about the same time. The blue and the red objects started shooting lights at each other. After a minute of this battle, I watched the sky kind of flash and like thunder for about five seconds and these objects were moving in weird directions, stopping and then changing direction. After the flashing, the red orb was gone. A second red orb appeared that assumed was the first red orb that disappeared and they both shot, shot off toward the northeast after five minutes dogfight. Okay, okay
1: so now, where's this case come from? Who's the source for this? The witness or
9: uh, some let organization? See here. Uh, I have to go to the link. You can look it up on the internet, but yeah, you know, I think I, I did, saw that
2: one in, in but, one wait, of Rogers. So Rogers.
9: I, I've got a linked. that's 149 in the back here. Let me, let me look at in my index now. Sure. In the back of this book, I have, I've got, hundred and sixty nine references, you know, to all the material in this book, okay? Now, let me see, that's one
1: hundred forty nine. Okay, so 149, nine,
9: okay, what so is the source of one forty nine? H H A P W W over Texas, Production dot com Message sixteen. Okay. But here's another one. I found the following article, the nineteen eighty nine Battle of the Saucers in Russia, one fi uh, footnote one fifty from still another word search on the internet. Stuff Okay, but planes, I me
1: ask you a question here. Just a word search doesn't give me a source. This story about something in Russia. Is it from a newspaper okay. clipping? Is it from somebody who investigated the case? Okay. What's the okay. source? You can t-
9: this was an investigation. You can type. This is called the article is called 1989 Battle of the Saucers in Russia. I got it footnoted as footnote 150. Okay. Uh, let me go see what 150 is. What's really nice about this you know, this book, if it's you know bed and relevant computer, you can just click on the links and you, and you'll go there. But on a, okay, on now one source up, I please, do see right.
1: here, by the way, is something called the UFO is a okay, source of that material. UFOs, okay,
9: this one's UFOs about period com o d UFO folklore and legend battle 1989. Okay, let me just read a couple paragraphs. In the following article, in 1989, valor and Roger from it said. Stubbleton claims that hundreds of people watched a group of six silver saucers fight against one golden UFO. The UFOs all made incredible moves in the skies at times, flying as low as 5,000 feet, making a good view for onlookers. Beams of red light constituted a weapon of choice. Witnesses who were interviewed by Here's a guy, you know, you can look this guy up, I guess he's Russian, S-I-C-H-E-N-K-O, claimed that the outnumbered Golan UFO was finally defeated, although giving a gallant effort. The defeated UFO lost altitude, finally crashing to the ground. The six victorious UFOs disappeared into the skies. Dublin claims the Golan UFO crashed into a bog on a military test range, and the area was zoned off to everyone except military. And, you know, I even get people even contact me with cases. Uh, I've received an email from Janice about a person who saw another UFO dogfight. Approximately 20 years ago, the grandmother and my son's best friend watched an aerial dogfight between UFOs. It was way up in the sky. She saw UFOs explode, and it was a lot more detail, but I do not remember it. Okay, so, so we have
1: a bunch of cases here that appear to represent UFOs engaged in dogfights and other battles. But then we yeah. come back to it again. We have these things happening on Earth or in our atmosphere. But we're assuming they're coming from out there. They came here to fight each other here? What's the sense of that? If they want to fight each other, why do they use Earth as an intermediary? I'm trying to understand.
9: We we fight, the Americans fight all over the globe. We're in Afghanistan, we're in Iraq. Why do we go to Iraq Iraq to fight? Why are we fighting in Afghanistan?
1: Yeah, but we're going to that population's home country, okay? We go to Iraq, we're fighting the people who live in Iraq. We go to Afghanistan, we fight the people who live in Afghanistan. But now someone from Zeta Reticuli gets involved Uh, in a dispute with somebody from another planet 30, 40, 50 light years away, and they travel all the way to Earth to pursue their battle?
9: Hey when the Russians went in Afghanistan we travel all the way around the globe to you know to support the uh, insurgents Yeah but that's our Russians.
1: own planet okay we're engaged in tribal warfare on our own planet okay Well I'm saying, let me continue well, I'm let me well, let continue please is, yes, Ed, Ed, we're engaged in tribal warfare on our own planet we know that Okay, and sometimes we use a particular war or conflict as a proxy for the real battle that's going on elsewhere. It's all happening here. We live here and we fight here and we live and we die here. But now we're (laughs) talking about (laughs) E.T. Ed, let me finish. Now we're talking about E.T. from who knows where. Zeta Reticuli, Alpha Centauri, whatever. They're 20, 40, 100 light years from us. Race number A from this planet this civilization fights race number B. Not out there, but they come all the way here. Where's the logic in that, says Mr. Spock?
9: It, well, it's the same
5: logic you're just using. We'll, no, I'm
1: not, here. because I'm, I'm talking about hey, us. We face. live on Earth, man. Let's, we live on say, Earth, me, and the let fight let is taking Ed, Ed, no, well, just wait, please. Ed, we live on Earth. We fight on Earth. We fight other tribes on Earth. It's all happening on our home world. That's but right. now you're talking about, here. is okay, so are we saying that the UFO people, whoever they are, come from here? Is this their own world?
9: Okay, can, can I finish now? Sure, okay, go ahead. Can I make my statement? Okay, my statement is, is that these extraterrestrials, they don't just live on one planet. They have bases on other planets. They have bases here on Earth, underwater and underground. They, you know, they project their power not on, across one planet, but across the galaxy, Okay, so this and is and one and place and where they're star, occupying us. They're Wait occupying me, Earth. Let now, you're
1: not letting me finish. Okay, i want to ask finish. you a question and to think, explain so when you respond. Power, Ed, 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 no, you Ed I understand. Let finish,
9: Gene. I'll, let, I'll you let you finish, let finish but I want finish. you to
1: amplify this question. So we're suggesting here that E.T. has set up a base here, or more than one race of E.T.'s has set up some kind of military installation here that they've occupied planet Earth and now when the rival race or civilization comes here, they fight them, and we'll go on. We have Ed so Komarek with Gene and Chris. Okay, you're you got, in.
9: I, I know where you're going to come from. You're going to say, where's the evidence? Okay, that, then I'll go to Charles Hart.
1: We need to close the segment. With Gene and Chris, That's- you're in.
2: The Paracast.
8: Heart and Body Extract continues to receive positive testimonials from people who have experienced amazing results, like Reed.
17: I just wanted to send you a quick but a very big thank you for Heart and Body Extract. I've been on the formula for
9: nearly a month now, and the improvement in the circulation of my legs has been simply amazing.
8: Reed was facing a tough choice.
9: I was facing surgery due to the severity of 100% blocked arteries in both my legs. And my decision waiting for surgery to say no and try Heart and Body Extract instead has been thankfully the right decision. And the result? I can now walk up steps without noticeable pain.
8: Order Heart and Body Extract at 866-295-5305, 866-295-5305, or hbextract.com. Heart and Body Extract, for a long and healthy life.
3: The food storage industry leader has done it again.
8: Introducing FDG Clubs
3: and Survival Bucks from the Freeze-Dry Guy. For over 39 years, the Freeze-Dry Guy has served various government agencies and the private sector with the finest in storable foods and emergency rations. If you've wanted to build emergency food supplies but couldn't afford it, now you can. Go to freezedryguy.com, click on Products, and look for the Freeze-Dry Guy Clubs to pay as you go. Now you can build food storage without going into debt. Choose from a payment range of $95 to $450 per month. Our clubs work with everyone's budget. Plus, when you join Freeze Dry Guy clubs, you'll get additional rewards. For example, this month, get 10% back in survival bucks on all purchases in the Freeze Dry Guy product line, plus free shipping within the lower 48 states on any order amount. Hurry. Go to FreezeDryGuy.com or call 866 404 3663. That's FreezeDryGuy.com or call 866 404 3663. The Freeze Dry Guy, the best you can buy.
4: Ron Clark, author of the UFO Encyclopedia and other books.
15: You're listening to the Paracast.
1: With Gene and Chris, you're in the Paracast, and we're basically engaging a hot discussion here with Ed Komarik, who says this is evidence that different races of ET are here in conflict with one another. Or maybe it's a kind of loose cooperation that occasionally breaks out into open warfare. But you kind of think if they're this advanced, Ed, advanced enough to come here to visit us 20, 30, 100 light years away, and this is where you get plenty of time to answer. And that is, wouldn't they have the power to pretty much destroy our planet if they engaged in open warfare with one of their own kind or a rival race?
9: Well, once you understand that, you know, as below, so above, it all starts to make sense, you know, because basically what seems to be going on is that other predator races like ourselves, you know, are evolving and leave the planet, you know, once we develop the technology, just like sailing ships, you know, allowed us to travel across the oceans, which were at one time considered impassable. And then we took our conflicts and colonized all these other people all around the world. So, What's going on, it's just much, on a much larger scale where you have other types of predators evolving off of their planets and getting into fights and squabbles. I mean, you don't you don't right off the bat. What, just because you've got spacefaring technology doesn't necessarily make you a nice race. you know makes you know make means that you all of a sudden you found true love. I mean you unconditional love. And there's resources, and there's there apparently from all this evidence that you know that a lot of it which I've got in this book, that the extraterrestrials, the neighborhood, is quite populated by quite a few uh, different races, and they don't necessarily get along all the time. And it's, our situation is kind of like a third-world country surrounded by superpowers. If one superpower, like the Russians, meddles in Afghanistan, then we stop them by supporting the insurgency. If we meddle in Afghanistan, you know, then the Pakistanis and the Taliban undermine our activities there. So even a country as powerful as the United States can't cut it in Afghanistan right now. In fact, we're losing. It's because of these other other countries and superpowers, the Russians, you know, you know, look at Syria. You know, we're trying to support the revolution of Syria. The Russians are su- supporting the regime of Syria and whatever. So, you know, we're kind of caught, uh, Syria's kind of caught in the middle between superpowers. So a superpower just can't waltz over and take over a, a dinky little old country because there's other superpowers that are going to counterman that. And so it seems like the exact same thing. is just happening on a much larger scale. And that's why ETs fight here sometimes because they've got bases and they've got resources here and whatever and interest. And and if you want the evidence, then we get into my chapter called the tall white After extraterrestrials. That's and a good point. White. That
1: Maybe we should jump off of that because I have an obvious question, which is, okay – if E.T. is visiting us, just visiting us, you wouldn't think they would care about conflict with someone else. But if they're using our planet as a base for whatever reason, they have a military interest in being here. They have a cultural yeah. interest in being here. If another a race, a rival race, has a similar cultural interest, what is that interest? Why are they here? You
9: know, you know, why do we have a base in the Philippines? You know, why do we have a base in Japan? New York project our power, you know. This is the same thing. If we move to other planetary systems, I mean, we may even have a base on the moon right now, you know, according to some of the testimony that I've got in the book, that Project Horizon was a 1962 Army report saying that it was essential that we have a base on the moon and occupy the high ground, and all of a sudden everything went. You know, er, everything went quiet. So we're essentially doing that same thing already. We've got a base, you know, just outside the atmosphere at now, you know, that everybody knows about. But I'm also saying there's a secret space fleet that's much more advanced. But that, you know, that's the whole other area. But let's go to some of the evidence. You know, you, you want that, you know, where am I deriving my assumptions from? So we'll and I think it's problem. very important
1: because, Ed, if we don't look at that, we won't understand your point of view or how good the evidence yes. is. But I want to ask you yes. a favor here because of the fact that we have limited time, which is why I keep pushing you with questions, not just to interrupt you. It's because we have to move along. If you spend 40 minutes on every piece of logic, we'll never get anywhere. So if you're going to mention this next chapter and the evidence, give us one case as an example, and then we can talk about it.
9: Well, what you've got to do is, is, is the Charles Hall case. Charles Hall was claimed to have been a weatherman in which he's got plenty of evidence that he was on Ellis Air Force Base, you know, just up from Indian Springs, in the valley up there, and he encountered the tall whites there in 1962 uh, when he was a weatherman out on the ranges. And he says that they had a base there of about 300 individuals because one time he saw them all outside of the base one time, whatever, so he assumed there were about 300 at the most. And they told him that that base was a stopover for them traveling to other solar systems and that they had to come by and repair their craft. Their craft is not as advanced as some of these extraterrestrials. They don't uh, warp space and time and and appear and disappear instantly somewhere else in the galaxy or something. They travel much faster than the speed of light, in which he describes all this and whatever. But they've got that base in which Nellis was created around it. He also said there's a gray base also there at Area 55, wherever that is. We all know where Area 51 is. So. Right in that area of Nellis, that Nellis surrounds now, apparently are two different bases, according to Charles Hall. Now, I got so interested in this case because there were people like Tom Fox who's seen these tall whites float down from Indians, you know, above, uh, from Wheeler Pass down to Indian Springs, and also to in in Las Vegas and some of the see those because they like to get out and get out of the base, and they look enough like us with a little bit of disguise, they look like albinos. In fact, Cherry Henkel. Ran into one uh, playing some kind of a really sophisticated game, and she just thought it was an albino. He was really tall, and he had real—I you know, think he had blue eyes and kind of whitish hair—and surrounded by five really mean-looking Nella security guards. And I've got enough other cases that I feel con- that, that that have filled me in uh, uh, seem to have confirmed parts of Charles story. That I went out there myself and found another two or three cases involved here. So. I'm willing to go out on a limb on Charles Hall and his experiences because we got a lot of backup. But this is what I'm talking about. You you know, what I've tried to do in this book is so much information of my forty years of experience. I'm trying to pull it together in some kind of a concise, you know way that makes sense and that's why I started off the way I did with evolution other worlds and I work all the way to you know eight piece fighting and this kind of stuff but uh,
2: well, what are they fighting over uh, what what is all this uh, research and uh, correlation so I, I mean what 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 do you well, think is, they're is they're the out, conflict
9: they're fighting all the time now like Charles Hall said that the tall whites and the grays don't get along and if the t- if a gray gets too close to their children or whatever they kill them in a heartbeat and these tall whites are pretty tough Tough people from, you know, what Charles Hall was saying, and so people got killed in those early days, in the early 60s, while, while they were acclimating to him, the military was, you know, just started getting involved with them at that time, but that's apparently why they put Nellis, uh, you know, where it is today, is around these two bases, you know, and then they proceeded to interact, according to Charles Hall, the, mil- the military started involved getting involved with technological transfer prog- programs with the tall whites. In fact, he was in one of their shuttles, and inside of one of the shuttles, that the tall whites were using, they saw stamps on those seats and stuff from our major aerospace companies and whatever. And so they, they were willing to exchange some technology but not their deep space technology but just shuttle technology that could take you to the moon or Mars or whatever but not into deep space but in order to to uh, get uh, resources, you know, I, and like Charles said, the laws of the economics just don't get thrown out the windows because you know you can travel in space. It's a lot cheaper for them to get resources and trade with for resources for us through the military and whatever for them to ship it into their base. So that's what so that's what they're you know doing there. So they're they are contingent that's not that involved with us. They just have a base there that's a stopover point, whatever. Whereas the Greys are much more involved. You know, they seem to be abducting people and running running genetic experiments on people trying to create hybrids between themselves and us and whatever. So you've got a completely different situ- situation there.
1: I'll tell you something here. As you probably know, the subject of UFO abductions and possible genetic experiments is highly debatable in the field. There are different points of view about that. There's also the theory, and I think Kevin Randall has mentioned it, that the UFO abduction researcher tends to attract the cases that appeal to their kind of investigation. We also have other possibilities for why people may experience abductions, which are not necessarily related to physical capture or kidnapping by entities or beings from another world. There are other explanations here, but you're making the assumption here, For the sake of this argument and the sake of this book, because we don't have time to sit here and talk about abductions all day, you're making the assumption here that a lot of these cases represent real encounters with the Greys, that the Greys are not very friendly people, that they have all sorts of evil things in mind, that they take people from out of their bedrooms and they do genetic experiments.
9: They just think of us as property. I mean, you know, that's just the way they are. Okay, they don't
1: respect the human species as being independent and free. They feel they can just kidnap us, take us aboard their ship in the middle of the night, and then engage in genetic experiments for whatever reason. Let's get into more of this in a moment. We have Ed Komarik with Gene and Chris. You're in the (laughs) Paracast.
10: America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network.
15: Hi, Ted Anderson announcing a great way to listen to radio on the telephone. By calling 760-569-7700, you'll be hearing GCNlive.com programs in seconds. Come to GCNlive.com, find your favorite host's dedicated phone number, and hear them 24-7. You heard me right, every show has a dedicated phone number. Stop by GCNlive.com and bookmark their number today. And again, that's 760-569-7700.
4: the worst drought in 50 years continues, and the first six months of 2012 marks the hottest half year on record. 78% of the Midwest Corn Belt is in drought conditions. Not only corn, but soy, alfalfa, fruits, vegetables, and wheat are all impacted, raising prices. The cost to feed livestock is forcing farmers and ranchers out of business, blowing up your food prices. The only strategy to counter this is to freeze your food cost at today's prices by getting your own supply of foods from eFoods Direct Now. As the price of raw ingredients increases, Foods will have to raise prices too. Now is the time to get your supply. I recently increased my supply from eFoods Direct because we have all known this was coming. You know about their delicious, long-term, storable foods. The fact is you can eat at any time to save money today. And because it stores for 25 years, you're locking in today's prices and avoiding the rising food cost. Don't wait. Call 800-409-5633 or go to eFoodsDirect.com forward slash Alex. Call 800-409-5633 or eFoodsDirect.com forward slash Alex. You can bet your life on eFoods Direct
0: welcome back to the paracast the gold standard of paranormal radio and now here's gene steinberg
1: so briefly with ufo abductions the greys being the worst offenders now i painted a scenario and i wouldn't presume to know the real one ed what is your opinion? Do you think they're evil, unconcerned, or this is just the way they
9: are? They're, they're just predatory. I, I mean, you know, we ourselves prey on each other. You know, how many millions of people are dying all, every year, you know, in these wars and whatever. You know, you know, we're involved in predator-prey relationships amongst ourselves. The greys have an agenda, and they're executing on it. And like Charles Hall said, you know, he said you just can't say no to a grey.
1: Okay, and but the question would it. be then— How do we know what their agenda is by nature of their acts or the nature of our interpretation of their acts? And how do we assume that all the cases or a substantial number of cases of abductions that are said to involve grays are really abductions and not some kind of sleep paralysis or other case of something that's psychological?
9: Well, you have to sort through that. Of course, you know my guess is maybe a quarter of all the abduction cases reported, you know, are real abduction cases. The other ones, you know, can be attributed to other things. People's imagination can run wild. They can, you know, ha- you know, have dreams. But I've seen enough evidence, and then I correlate it with, you know, you know, people that seem to be very credible, and that his stories are being backed up by other people, like Charles Hall, who said that he he has met the Gray. He met met one out in the desert, and it was real scary. It scared him, and he said he had met, met the grays at their base, the Area 51, and their children. He said the children were okay, but, it, but grays were just like us. Some, you know, were mean, and some were nice types. And this is what I get into another chapter called the Gray Extraterrestrial Collective, in which I make the case that we have the Gray Extraterrestrial collective in conflict with a human mega population of humans of varying sizes with some looking almost like us and some looking quite different some kind in the middle like the tall whites or whatever
1: on the one hand we have the grays on the other hand we have more human-like ets and they don't yeah, much yeah. like each other
9: well it's complicated because you have these mega populations and some people like carol rosen who have an experience with i what i can't talk about You know, it had had a very beneficial, uh, you know, interaction with a gray.
1: Who is Carol Rosen? Explain to our listeners.
9: Carol Rosen used to work, I think, at one time with Werner von Braun. Uh, I'm not sure, just when it was, back in the, maybe in the 70s. Sure. Or or earlier, whatever. First
2: female head of an aerospace company. She's also spearheading a uh, weapons ban space treaty. She's quite an outspoken uh, proponent of, of having... No weapons at all in space. So of course yeah. that.
9: And and and, and basically an extraterrestrial. She's like like Stephen Greer. You know, believing there's no, bad ETS.
1: Well, speaking and- of Stephen Greer, I want to raise this because we're down to the last three segments, four segments, and we don't have a lot of time. Greer is now saying what that there's an ET on ice. It's being checked out? What's that about?
9: I saw that. You know, know, Stephen does some good work. I mean, he's done good work with some really credible whistleblowers, but then I think his imagination runs runs wild with him sometime, which is not unusual for people in the UFO field. You think? So I don't know whether he's. You know, I think he's. I think he's probably on the level of this, but he seems to be using it as a marketing tool. Which you know, Stephen Greer's a good marketer. I mean, he got two hundred fifty thousand dollars for this Sirius documentary already. You know, so he can raise. He's been shown to be able to raise money.
1: So by saying that he has an ET on ice that's being examined, that's just used as a dodge to get money.
9: I'm skeptical. You know. But I'm still open-minded about it, and this is one of these cases you just wait to see how it falls out. And if the skeptics can't, can't tear them apart eventually or whatever, then I then I get really interested in the case. Give, of course, really part of like the problem the has
1: been, Ed, and this is the big issue with the UFOs, is that over 60 years, lots of people have claimed to have evidence, final evidence, proof of something. And most of the time, they come up with very little or nothing. And part of the problem with the entire field which is a larger question than the specifics about individual cases, is that we have a 1,001 different interpretations of the evidence, and your interpretation is probably as good as any. We have all these interpretations of what the evidence signifies. We have different versions as to the meaning of UFOs. We have different interpretations as to why they might be here if it's ET. Obviously, you're talking about different races, some of whom may be in conflict with one another, but the end game is, how do we prove any of it?
9: Okay, let, let me give you an example here that happened to me with my mother before she died. Uh, we had beavers burrowing in an upper pond dam. And she had them come in and, and dig, out the be- you know, dig out the beavers you know, so they didn't blow the dam. And I was sitting fishing over on the other side of the pond watching what was going on. And I saw these guys not just dig out the beavers, but I saw them go along the whole dam where there was no beavers and completely turn the dirt over for no reason, costing her another thousand dollars. And I went back home and I told her, I said, listen, these guys are just taking advantage of you here because this is what they did because I was watching it. You know what she told me? One opinion is good as another.
2: So I, yeah, boy, yeah good a, point. I mean, a form,
9: a, Opinions are a like backsides. Opinion.
2: We all got one.
9: Yeah, yeah. So there's informed opinions and then there's uninformed opinions. And and some opinions are more informed than others. And so, therefore, they should be, giving more, be given more weight. And so... That's what I'm saying in this book. I'm providing the basis in this book on, on which my speculations or my opinions are based, and people can read the book and then they can take it or leave it. And I think they'll like it, and, and I think it'll shake up some people because they don't haven't realized there's so much evidence there. It's just it's obscured by all the trash and, and you know and, and excessive speculation and frauds and scammers and everything else, and so it keeps us in the UFO community in a kind of a ghetto where, like you say, we don't get any farther. We're stuck in this situation. And what I'm saying in this book, that this isn't just happening unintentionally. It's being done to us by high-level perception management programs that run go all the way up through the CIA, NSA, all the way up to the Bilderbergers, to this core group of the Bilderbergers that have been doing and marginalizing us by control of mass media as well as the national security apparatus of countries, in which I give some evidence of that, of this German baron that was briefed by the top brass in Nellis Air Force Base only to fly back to Germany and probably go to Bilderberg or whatever and brief them. So when this all started happening in the 40s, these people, these industrialists that had these corporations, reverse engineering these technologies and stuff. You know, they had good intelligence. They knew what was going on. They knew what was coming down the pike, and they sat out to keep the public and keep us uninformed and keep us in this ghetto. And they've done a pretty good job of, you know, of it through you know, through the mass media and control of the national security apparatus and whatever. And I explained. You know, in this book, how this is, who's behind it, how it's being done, you know, how and why it's being done to us. And the reason it's being done to us is three different reasons. The first reason is that there's a heck of a lot of money to be made in reverse engineering these technologies for this, for this uh, secret space program, in which I document in the book, step by step on the timeline and whatever. There's trillions of dollars being made and being, uh, these technologies being put into defense and into our manufacturing base and everything is our technology, but it really is coming from E.T. So there's a huge incentive right there to maintain a monopoly on access, General Electric, Lockheed, Martin, all these big aerospace companies—they don't want the—they don't want the competition. They—they they want to keep a They want to keep a, a kind of opaque on access. I call this alien resource cartel. I have a whole chapter whole chapter on that. And this alien resource cartel is one reason why we still have a cover up going on. The second reason is there's the fossil fuels industry, the pharmaceutical industry, the transportation industry would be completely renovated or, or, or dismantled. If Some of these new technologies got out into the mainstream, and these corporations, you know, big oil companies, Mobil and, and DuPont and Dow Chemical, all these big companies all having you know, connection to big oil and whatever are not about to let that happen. So they're in on it, whatever. But the third reason is, maybe the biggest reason is, that some of these extraterrestrials are, seem to be highly ethical, and they're, organization, they're organized in a way that's much like our body is being organized, that all the parts of our body, all the cells of our body get fit, fed and taken care of. There's not. If the left hand got fed at the expense of the right hand starving to death, we wouldn't live very long. But the extraterrestrial races seem to be living in a way that's very that's a lot better than we are, and if our people had direct contact with them, we wouldn't have much need for – uh, the powers that be today and, and it end up being like Syria. You know? I'll tell
1: you what, we have a lot of possibilities here. And I do agree with you about one thing, which is if ET is real and there was evidence of possible disclosure, there are reasons why the energy industry wouldn't like it very much. A lot of other industries, too. We have Ed Komarik with Gene and Chris. You're in The Paracast. All this stuff, you go to store.thepowercast.com, store.thepowercast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special, in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Powercast. You go to store.thepowercast.com,
3: stop by, and take a shopping tour.
19: We've all heard the phrase, don't judge a book by its cover. A wise saying for sure. Now apply that wisdom to nutrition. Don't judge milk by the animal. Camel milk, the best kept health secret ever. See for yourself at camelmilkforsale.com and look for the summer Camel Milk Special. Loaded with health benefits far superior to other milk, Camel Milk has antibacterial, antiviral, and anti-tumor properties, is rich in B vitamins, and is three times higher in vitamin C than cow's milk, ten times higher in iron. Plus, it contains 52 units of insulin-like proteins per liter, effectively lowering blood sugar levels. Many of our members testified that drinking Camel Milk reversed diabetes and greatly improved autism. Camel Milk comes free Fresh or frozen from your trusted local family farm, shipped on dry ice to preserve freshness. Go to CamelMilkForSale.com now and look under products and pricing for the summer special with free bonus pints. That's CamelMilkForSale.com.
20: You can't argue with success. And many people have found great success in fighting back colds and flu viruses with Ali-C, the world's best garlic extract. So now, it's time to get even more success with the other great quality natural products from Affinity Health Products, like C Energy Liquid Vitamins, Lose and Snooze, and the One Day Diet, or Human Growth Hormone Support, Menopause Specialist for Women and Joint Specialist. See these and many other quality Affinity Health products for men and women online at AffinityHealthProducts.com. That's A-F-F-I-N-I-T-Y HealthProducts.com. Or call in your orders at 877-888-7126. That's 1-877-888-7126. Trust your health to the makers of Ali-C, the world's best garlic extract. Affinity Health Products, the finest and most innovative natural health products available. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the
0: Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com.
1: We have Ed Komarek. Who has written a fascinating book about disclosure and exopolitics, and he's painting the picture here, where a lot of American industries wouldn't want the truth to be known if there's a truth to be known, for the simple reason that well, it's going to cause too much havoc. We have some questions, by the way, from our audience, and I want Chris to pick up on that.
2: Yeah, this is a really good spot, Ed, to ask a question by uh, Dine Son, one of our longtime posters. He's been on. On posting here uh, almost five years. And he asks, uh, Ed, do you believe that if we ever will have open contact with whatever it is, proponents of exopolitics will have any say in how to handle it? Do you think the governments of the world will come up to you guys and ask you for their advice in this matter?
9: I doubt it. (laughs) You know, I I don't expect them to change their behaviors anytime soon. I mean, it's worked pretty well with the forum so far, you know, and just like I was getting into saying that, you know, one thing we can agree on is is that the, these these powerful industrialists and bankers and stuff had their, their sons and daughters in the intelligence communities and everything, so they are were in a position. Know if there was extraterrestrial contact, they would have been in a position to know and to do what we're talking about, and so. I think we have a, a role to play in educating the public and we maybe we're being used partly to do that. You know, I mean, I certainly haven't ever been harassed. You know, I haven't had some people claim that whistleblowers claim that being been harassed, but I think what, where, where, where we come in as important is, is that we present a perspective, you know, that is different than, Let's protect our, our special interests here. You know, we don't want to go the way of the glass light companies when the electric light bulb was invented. The gas light companies, just to the invention of the electric light bulb, the gas light companies went from a hundred dollars a share down to a dollar a share. So these industrialists know what technological innovation can do to establish industries. And they weren't gonna allow it to happen and They're continuing to not allow it to happen, and this this Bilderberger group now, we're getting names and faces and whatever, that was also the CIA was involved in its forming and seems to have tight links. The head of this last meeting, the head of the NSA was there. I think the CIA people were were probably there. Even some of our politicians were there. Romney was there, attended the meeting. We don't know if Obama was there, but a lot of these people, Kissinger was there, all this going on in secret with these annual meetings and whatever so we're up against a powerful adversary here in the field of eco politics but the truth is also powerful too and i think slowly you know we'll carve out a niche in which you know some you know people are listening because everything is so compartmentalized in the military and whatever there's a lot of people that know a little bits and pieces about this but they don't understand the whole picture the old slave owner of the plantations here in the, in the deep south here, whatever, always controlled the need to know. It only allowed the slave to be educated uh, to a need to know. Because if the slave knew anymore, it would invite revolution, you know, and an uprising or whatever. And so this is essentially what the whole top secret apparatus, not security apparatus we have based on need to know is. And the people at the top of the need to know, the masters, the puppeteers, are these this European royalty, these major industrial corporations, these bank, big banks, the Rothschilds, Rockefellers, these big families, and they basically are a constitute a shadow government, and they are managing our public perceptions on this because it is profitable for them to do do so. And because they want to maintain their pet privileged status, if we ever got smart enough to realize, like the people in Syria are, from, from you know movies and newspapers and stuff, how well off other peak parts of the world are in America and stuff as compared to them, you know, the Syrians are revolving, and you know against their leaders and their leaders are trying to stomp them out the revolt you know, because the people are becoming aware that people live better in other countries than they do in Syria. That's the whole reason for the revolt. So if ETs were to show up here immediately in front of us and we saw how well things were, they would spark a global civil war in which the ETs claim, like one case I just read, claimed that they didn't want to do that because then they'd have to clean up the mess and that would be interfering with free will. Now, maybe
1: they have a prime directive like they do in Star Trek. So does it follow then that... One reason not to have disclosure, and it doesn't have to be on our part, it could be on their part, is the upheaval to our civilization. We'd revolt against the energy industry. We'd revolt against the bankers. We'd revolt against the politicians for keeping the secret from us. There would be turmoil. So it goes to follow then. If you're going to have disclosure, how would you do it? They wouldn't ask Ed Komarek or Gene Steinberg or Chris O'Brien to do it. You'd do it gradually, wouldn't you?
9: Yeah, well, that's what the ETs are saying they do, and they're saying they have, you know, this one this one little uh, book is real interesting. It's either creative writing or it's a real thing. It's Amy, Child of the Stars. But it seems to be so, so reasonable that basically they're they saying that their society is run by supercomputers and that supercomputers determine, you know, that everybody gets the resources that they need, just like the body is being run, get the resources that they need, and you can go check out a spaceship just like we go to the library and check out a book and that supercomputers run all this, and computer computers allow when their spaceships are seen and by whom and for whatever reason on some kind of a program that's, that's gradually acclimating us, trying to bring us around without creating a global civil war and a collapse of our civilization in which then they would feel like if they did that, then they would feel like they would have to go and try to clean up the mess because they were responsible for it and they don't want to get in that kind of position, just like what's happening in Syria today. And so that seems to be very reasonable to me, you know, and to make sense of, you know, what we're going through. And unfortunately, we've got these privileged classes, these privileged privilege classes, who really want to rather be the top dog on the top, top on the dung heap, than to eat at a feast, a grand feast, as equals with all the rest of it. And, you know, I would much rather eat as equals at a grand feast, than be the top dog on the top of the dung heap. But, these elitists, these Rockefellers and these Rothschilds and all these and these kings and queens in Europe and whatever, want to maintain their privileged position, you know, you know on top of the dung heap. And it, that, it, that's not reasonable. It doesn't make sense at all to me. You know, you would think that they would be willing to sacrifice their privileged position for something that's much better. But, you know, maybe that's part of what we're trying to do is trying to educate them, too.
1: They're too selfish for that. They want to cut their taxes to zero percent, they want to double their income, even though they have no earthly purpose for using all that money.
9: Yeah, and, and they just got this vision of world domination. That's been a vision, you know, for uh, thousands of years to, to, to be the top dogs on the planet. And they're, you know, executing on that strategy in a very deliberate, covert manner now that the fascists weren't able to win World War II. They got beaten, you know, in an overt attempt with the Third Reich to do that. And so some people are saying that Bilderberger is just a plan B for the fascists. In fact, Dulles was involved, you know, CIA's Dulles was involved in Operation Paperclip, and he brought a whole Nazi SS unit uh, by, I guess, the guy's name was Reinhardt or whatever, Russian SS unit complete unit into the CIA under Operation Paperclip against Truman's orders not to bring any people with bad backgrounds. He laundered these people's backgrounds and brought them into the CIA, And in which case you had all these uh, problems in the CIA that came out, you know, in the church committee stuff that just scratched the surface and whatever. And my contention is, is I think the CIA is basically operating as an enforcement arm of the Bilderbergers.
1: We've got to do the break here, Ed. We'll continue with this okay. on the other end. With Gene and Chris, you're in the ParaCast.
10: Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more.
1: We are the GCN Radio Network.
14: Now at DeseretFoodStore.com, sign up for a one-month supply of delicious food for only $99 with free shipping. That's right, only $99. Gourmet restaurant-style meals with a 30-year shelf life. Packaged in heavy-duty Mylar bags for easy transport and freshness. Meals like stroganoff, lasagna, teriyaki, five-bean chili, granola pancakes, and much more. Visit DeseretFoodStore.com, spell D-E-S-E-R-E-T, foodstore.com, or call 801-444-1444. Food for now, food for life.
11: My name's Bruno, I'm 52 years old. I've tried different protein powders over the years and they've all tasted pretty bad. I tried One World Way and found it to be delicious. After 10 weeks on One World Way, my wife commented, you have more muscles and you're leaner than when you were 20 years old. My body has changed dramatically. I'm a cyclist, normally I'll ride two days on and take two days off. After being on One World Way. I rode 10 days in a row in over 100 degree heat, and then i take another two servings of One World Way, and then work out at the gym for another hour and a half. I just couldn't believe these results. My normal muscle tightness and soreness after working out are virtually gone. Don't take my word for it. One World Whey comes in single servings. Just give it a try.
18: For a health and taste sensation you'll love, call 888-988-3325. That's 888-988-3325. That's 888-988-3325. Or visit OneWorldWay.com.
6: That's com. Would it save you time to get the best quality water filters and the best quality storable foods from one company? You bet it would, and now you can at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. Big Berkey water filter products and great tasting, long lasting, storable Wise Foods are both now available on one website, com. Wise Foods, ready to eat meals are packed in airtight nitrogen pouches and come with a 25 year shelf life. Big Berkey water filters are powerful enough to purify by treated, untreated, or even stagnant pond water. Combine Berkey water filters with Wise Foods for an unbeatable preparedness combination. Get free shipping on every order over $50. And GCN listeners receive 5% off all ceramic filter systems. Visit Big B-E-R-K-E-Y, Waterfilters.com. or call eight seven seven ninety nine berkey That's eight seven seven ninety nine 99 berkey Or go to BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com.
11: My name is Richard Dolan. You're listening to The
1: Paracast. You know, Ed, you're so enthusiastic about this, Ed Comarick, and you get really wrapped up in this, and obviously on real radio, we've got to break every so often. If we don't break, well, they'll break anyway. It's all computerized. <laughs> yeah. It's run by a computerized management system that directs our every movement, our every breath. Okay. But I think in the end, if there is the disclosure everyone wants, and this is a question I guess I didn't really pick up an answer from you, they're not going to come to you or me or Chris. We're going to be irrelevant.
9: I I think the question is disclosure on whose terms, our terms or their terms. It's going to be on Bilderberger's terms or our terms? if it's going to be on Bilderberger's terms what they're probably going to do? And they seem to be building up for that already, you know, with, uh, you know, with this, this uh, false flag alien invasion scenario in which they're promoting all these movies where aliens are shooting up our cities. Well, you know, that's called, you know, preemptive, I don't know what they call it. You know, you build, you build up so when they actually do something like that, it not, doesn't surprise people. So if it's on their terms, here's what's going to happen. You know, mark my words if I live long enough to see what's going to happen. It's the very same people that are ignoring this whole thing or think this is all silliness and whatever. would be the first ones to go screaming for help when a spaceship starts shooting up one of our cities. And then all that Billiberg has got to do is pull out some alien bodies and say, the aliens did it. Now we need to, you know, consolidate and have this one-world government to protect ourselves and fight against the aliens, just like President Reagan said, you know, if we had a common foe and whatever, we would unite. So that's what they want to do, is they want to unite us in a one world government, a one-world plantation, with them as the masters and us as the slaves, and this is the final straw. 9-11 got, only got them so far. You know? And the interesting thing about 9-11, and who may have pulled that off, is, is this Nazi unit, SS unit, that was brought in, brought in by Dulles? You know, probably had a background back in Germany going back to the burning of the Reichstag, you know, and blaming it on the Jews.
1: Okay, let's go back to 9 11 quickly here. There's a lot of conspiracies about 9 11. So I'm going to ask you quick questions here. And we don't have the time for you to go on with an answer, but just give the basics. Okay, so we assume 9 11 may have been an inside job. Is that your assumption? Well,
9: the evidence. You know that I've seen one. It, one is is a thermite, and all the and the samples that were taken and researched in several different labs. Another thing is is the third building that went down, wasn't hit by an airplane. What happened there? Why was there stand down? You know, you know, of military in the, air, the area. I mean, there's a whole lot of unanswered questions going on, and there's also been some stuff coming out that maybe some people that are Strong advocates of 9 11 are being covertly killed. And it wouldn't surprise me a bit, you know, because, you know, we're dealing with a global mafia. You know, these banksters. And these high-level industrialists and whatever, they live by their own rules, completely like Bill Ewhouse U- U- was saying. you know, They have a whole different set of rules that they live by than we do. And this is their vision. You know, They want this a well New World Order. I mean, they're very – as much for that, I guess, as I am for stopping it.
1: Let me ask you a question here, though. Now, some people can say, well, the Republicans are closer to the New World Order because the richer businessmen are involved but the democrats are also taking their money from the same banksters the same evil people so <laughs> right. can we are there any heroes in this
9: yeah the the only horse in the that that was in the race that wasn't owned by the Bilderbergers was ron paul and at their meeting at their meeting it was overheard that they were so mad at ron paul they were talking about putting him up in an airplane and you know with terrorists and crashing him. And, you know, and they were calling, you know, Alex Jones and the people demonstrating outside, outside of Chantley, wherever Virginia, where the meeting was, and they're calling him cockroaches, and the people outside, like Alex Jones and whatever, were calling him scum and everything else and whatnot. Okay, you know, but if they tried
1: to assassinate. Ron Paul, wouldn't that draw attention to what he has to say? Wouldn't it just be easy to dismiss people like that and say, oh, he's just a wacko? Let's not pay attention to Alex Jones. He just brings out conspiracy theories, yeah. that kind of yeah, thing. I yeah. have to point out, yeah. by the way, Ed, Alex Jones is the major act on the network in which we're on, GCN. He's the number one guy.
9: They're very good at marginalizing opposition. They know how to do it, they've got control of the mainstream press. I mean, the you know, Rockefeller himself I got the quote here in my book said he thanked the the chairman of the Washington Post the New York Times and other major newspapers were being quiet about Bilderberger while they were you know in the process of creating the, the European Union and all that so I mean the the the, the mainstream press is is, is, is in control. General Electric owns NBC. General Electric was involved in Operation Paperclip. It was involved in going around Germany and getting these, bringing these scientists to the United States. It was right from the beginning.
1: With NBC now, there's a slight majority share owned by Comcast. So NBC only has a minority in GE. GE only takes a minority of NBC these days. That changed recently.
9: Yeah, well, and and you can look at this last Bilderberger meeting. Romney was at this last Bilderberger meeting. You know, they say nothing before it happens to top people around the world. You know, meeting these Bilderberger meetings. You know, once a year, and it's, and it's top secret. No, you know, nobody. The press won't. You know, the AP showed up, but they didn't report. So Romney was there. Obama's uh, treasury secretary was there. His economic advisor he might have gone. gone they don't. They don't know know that. But the interesting thing is, there's a there big hoopla being between the Russians and the Bilderberger instead instead of bringing in, you know, um, uh, Putin, or, you know, whatever. They have two of his um, people opposing you're him. You're saying they're Putin? Supporting now Vladimir, me, you're talking
1: about Vladimir, aren't we?
9: Yeah, Vladimir Putin kicked out the Rothschilds out of Russia here not too long ago, and whatever. He understands what's going to where's you know. Uh, the uh, Russian today is reported on the Bilderberger meetings, and Bilderberger is supporting the Putin's opposition, you know, uh, in, in in Russia now. And so there's uh, so that's actually to our benefit, us little people, because the Ch- Russians and the Chinese aren't necessarily want to go with the Bilderbergers and have the Bilderbergers control them, be, you know, be over them. You know, there, there seems to be a lot of division between these oligarchs around the world, between the oligarchs and Russian and. Well, Hooligans in China. So that's, Don't they
1: have the power to deal with that by taking out the right world leaders, so that only the people who are their puppets? If I'm going to follow this conspiracy theory to the nth degree, we well, assume they get, they'd yeah. want to put their puppets into power in all the countries, right?
9: Well, that's you yeah, know, well, that, that's well, that's what Bilderberger is doing. I mean, that's why Romney was at at the Bilderberger. Obama was there before he became president. He was at a Bilderberger meeting. You know, Hillary Clinton, you know, got fined for being at a, a Bilderberg meeting. It's against the Logan Act for some of these people, like the head of the Department of Defense was there last year at the last meeting, which was illegal, against the Logan Act. You know, but they, they just, they're above the law, you know, and – and they're the you know they're the puppeteers. I mean, you know, the only they're pulling all the strings. You know, like in this presidential election, they're pulling all the strings except Ron Paul, and Ron Paul's just a pain, just a pain for them. You know, and they can they have been able to marginalize him fairly well. but people are catching on and things aren't going so well for them right now. They thought, it, they thought they had it in the clear, but now, you know, they've got disintegration in Europe. You know, the whole idea was to, to turn the, the, all of the whole globe into four different regions, you know, the European Union, the American Union, the Asian Union, and another union, whatever, because it's easier to control people that way. And they that goes right down to the grassroots right here in my own county. You have the RDC, the Regional Development Association, over a bunch of counties, you know, in which they are pushing Agenda Twenty One stuff, you know, uh, uh, that affect our property rights. What is Agenda Twenty
1: One? You're throwing in these buzzwords that we need to define.
9: Okay, what the, the way the bill of border operates, it it's, it has a um, what do what, what they call it, a steering committee, and we, we got the names of the steering committee. And the steering committee then, you know, orders these other committees, and they come up with these ideas. And Agenda Twenty One was brought up in Rio. And they decided to execute on that through the UN, through NGOs and whatever, in which they want to use economics and environmentalism as a way way to take away people's private property rights and liberties right down to the grassroots. And they run this right down to the Chamber of Commerce that gets county commissioners and stuff to vote on this stuff and whatever, where I've got to have – in order to build a house, I've got to have – five different permits. Okay, we well, I, I also talk have-
1: about eminent domain where you can basically take someone's property for the greater good, and that's very controversial in a lot of jurisdictions. Well, they- so take it or leave it, neighbors. We have conspiracies. Maybe opinions are a dime a dozen, but maybe there's more to think about. Ed Comarick joining Gene and Chris in
2: The Paracast. <laughs>
1: If you want to get your website online and you need reliable service, first class service at the lowest possible price, there's only one place to go. Well, DreamHost has a special promotion with our show where they'll offer you unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, one-click web apps such as WordPress, twenty-four-seven support. You can save over fifty-five dollars. You want to know how? Go to dreamhost.com/radio. Dreamhost.com/radio. Web-
13: Preparedness, simple. Do you need stuff for disasters? Of course you do. For over 15 years, DisasterStuff.com has well, stuff for disasters. See? Easy to remember. DisasterStuff.com. Want free shipping on a new Berkey water filter? DisasterStuff.com is the official Berkey in-stock shipping center. Lots of folks want an EMP Faraday bag to protect sensitive electronics during a solar or nuclear event. Now for a limited time, all survival gear purchases over 70 include a free 8x8 inch EMP Faraday bag. Just enter promo code EMPBAG when you check out at DisasterStuff.com. We're also a country living grain mill authorized dealer. Plus, we offer freeze-dried foods by Alpine Air and Wise Foods. We also carry emergency kits, survival seeds, and much more. Preparedness should be simple, and it is. Just remember, DisasterStuff.com. Freedom
7: through self-reliance and personal responsibility. Clear out your pantry and make room in your closets. You're going to need the space for these hot August deals at BePrepared.com. Going on now, save 23% on Provident Pantry Scrambled Egg Mix or 28% on freeze-dried strawberry slices. New this month, baking cocoa for daily use or long-term storage. Buy one of the Provident Pantry baking or dessert combos and save up to $25 off individual component pricing. Or add some weight to your water storage at BePrepared.com. The ultimate 55-gallon water barrel combo is on sale this month for only $94.99. Food and water storage is great, but how How are you going to cook it in an emergency? The popular Volcano Two collapsible stove. Save $27.96 off MSRP. Go to BePrepared.com for more details and more August savings now through August 31st. Call 800-999-1863 to experience exceptional customer service and BePrepared.com's low price guarantee. That's 800-999-1863. The choice is clear. Be unprepared or BePrepared.com.
16: Hello, this is Rosemary
6: Ellen Guiley, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio.
1: Wow, this has been quite a fascinating episode with Ed Komarik. We've had a little dust-up with him, but these are very serious discussions, and certainly I wanted to make sure we hold his feet to the fire to answer all Uh, the questions. uh, It's very complicated. And it's also we have time considerations, and we couldn't have you just go on for 45 minutes with a single Well, Gene, case. You've,
7: you've,
2: you've noticed that Ed has, uh, he's got his bestest socks on, so uh, his, his feet are still nice and rosy. Okay, so we haven't really put his feet to the fire.
1: We've made them a little bit warm. Okay, now we have only a short time left, Ed, so I want to try to focus on Endgame here. It sounds pretty hopeless to me. You know, we've got the new world order taking more and more control, Maybe we have chinks in the armor. I don't know. We have the space people or more than one space person. Would it be possible if they care for ET to come on down here and take the bull by the horns and do something about it, or maybe they don't care?
9: Who are you talking about now?
1: I'm talking about e t
9: oh the et it, it, again, it's complicated because you have ets of different kinds of agendas. It looks like the you know according to David Jacobs you know and you know and people that you know they believe that you know basically uh, the grays are infiltrating into our society into our elite into the Bilderbergers and whatever and u- and and using them to build a control structure that they the grays can then control okay so it's but, a gradual
1: takeover it's not like in the movie Independence Day where E.T. comes down here and they kill everybody it is they take gradual control of all the infrastructure of society for their own purposes, and soon you wake up one day, and the greys are the management, and you yeah, are the and slaves.
9: that's the whole thing. It's like SETI. You know, SETI says, you know, don't look in your own backyard, you know, that there's ETs here. Look way out there in space somewhere. Same way, this this whole, this whole idea of a false flag is, is take attention away from ETs, subverting our society, you know, and our power structure here, to them outside shooting at us, you know, coming. They don't have to come in and shoot at us. The problem is the greys don't seem to be, you know, all that strong here either, you know. And so they're trying to covert try, take over, whereas some of the more the human of this human mega population, you know, is is subverting that. So it seems like these two big mega populations, you know, extend out into our galaxy and out into the universe, God knows how far, and we are kind of on a edge between where these two mega populations are rubbing against each other.
1: Yeah, but you kind of you know, think here that they have to be far enough advanced in their technology that if they wanted to, if they wanted to force the issue, they could take us over rather easily. They wouldn't have to depend on all these shenanigans. I mean, if you're hundreds or thousands of years farther in advance of us, they have to have weapons that can do all sorts of nasty things. And just coming down with a threat, they could say, "Look, not, we'll just level one of your cities. If you don't let us take you over, we'll level Washington." You know, they don't get anything right there anyway.
9: I don't think they're that. They don't think they're that advanced. I think the, the more ethical types are more advanced. Are more advanced have the more advanced technology. The only problem is the ethical types have limitations on because of free will, whereas the greys don't. And another interesting thing in this little book that I was reading was, is they said that there's a natural evolutionary process here that civilizations like ours and probably like the grays too if they get too destructive or too predatory destroy themselves and collapse and then they have to rebuild again over and over again they don't they don't go any further so is that
1: possible too that maybe we've gone through the scenario over and over again throughout our history we had atlantis and we've had all these ancient civilizations that fought each other that vanish and then we come back again and maybe we'll be allowed to repeat this exercise until we get it right.
9: Yeah, that, and that—that's what they're saying. And they say it's, it's best that way because if we were—if they did help us before we were ready, then they, we could become a threat to them. But this way, the a natural evolutionary process, we take our own selves down before we get to a technological state that becomes a threat to them. So they're pretty safe where they are because it takes a certain amount of love, compassion understanding amongst people in order to reach the state of evolution. And they say that, and they use it in the terms of measures. I think it was the measures above seven of people, you know, where you could rise to a more uh, advanced civilization. But if you're down around a three or a four, like most of the society is, five, the, society, the chances are you can very well collapse back, and that's not a bad thing. That that's just a, nat- a natural process until we reach the point where we're ready and we have enough good people in the society to make a better society happen, just like what happens with our bodies. You know, what I mean, like you know, out, in, out you know, you have all these single-celled organisms gobbling up each, uh, each other and whatever. But then jellyfish evolves, and then fishes, and then amphibians, and then deals and whatever. And and so what I'm thinking is is what the ETs, the ETs seem to be saying is is that we're building a modern electronic communications and supercomputers and everything. You know, like our digestive system, our cells in our bodies are being run by some supercomputers completely unconscious, you know, from us and whatever. So our, all the resources in our body, taking out the waste products, putting in oxygen, putting in, all this is being done by computers and whatever, and we can go about our business and not have to worry about all that. And this is what apparently a way a more advanced human society is operating. It's operating like a like our bodies are operating a higher order of fractal, you know, in which – each individual in the society is like a cell in our own body. So we have no no further than what's right underneath our noses, literally, to see what a more advanced society, you know, looks like.
1: Okay, it sounds to me like it could be either of two alternatives. We are part of a single huge organism, or we live in the matrix world, where everything yep. is an illusion and that the computers are running everything and when I wake up one morning and I see I only have five dollars to my name, I'm really a millionaire. I just have to get the right dream going.
9: Well, I think that's where you have to get to the really big picture, and that's what I get in the, in the last chapter of my book: is reincarnation, out-of-body experiences, near-death experiences, and all that, which seems that indicates there's a, even a much broader, larger. You know domain in which we are born into this world in order to learn to grow, to learn to love and be more compassionate and whatever, and we do this over and over again until we get it right, and then we move on so that that this greater domain is is using using this reality as a school for us to come to and develop character, good character and good traits and whatever and it takes a lot many, many lifetimes to be able to do that, and we come in on missions to do certain missions as well as learn these things we also involve ourselves in missions to you know bring this society along and that's you know i kind of looked out for myself to begin with early in my life but now for some reason i just feel like i'm on a mission to make this society a better place both for myself and and, you know and for others and i'm peeking out at my development you know i'm going to be 65 here pretty soon i'm only 64 in november my father and my parents peaked out around 55 and started declining. So I want to get, you know, everything that I know, you know, in a tight, concise form that other people can build upon, just like I build upon you know, upon as a young man and reach the point in my understanding where I am today.
1: Okay, if we're curious about the things you're working on, Ed Comarick, where do we find more information?
9: People can go to, you know, if you if got my name, it's last name is spelled K-O-M-A-R-E-K. You can uh, look me up on the Internet and get my blog. I'm on Facebook. People can friend me on Facebook. I accept all friends. I still haven't reached my 5,000 limit yet on Facebook. I do most of my work and communicate with people on Facebook. You can go to Amazon and type in UFOs, Exopolitics, and a New World Disorder, and you can get it there discounted right now. The last I saw was eleven dollars and fifty cents for a three hundred and seventy-two page book, just full of of information for people that will give people a leg up, I think, in developing a, conversa- a conversation that's a little further than did UFO crash at Roswell or what was that light in the sky, you know, to what are the issues and implications of extraterrestrial contact and why we need, need to know this information. It's just not the globalists who are controlling information at this point.
1: Chris O'Brien, they've updated your site to a higher level of achievement. Tell us about Our Strange Indeed.
2: Planet. Our Strange Planet's doing good. We're uh, we're finishing up the actual initial uh, redesign, and uh, our st- my story will be up uh, soon, hopefully. And also, I have a new series of articles that look at uh, a recent trip that we made to the confluence of the Little Colorado and Colorado Rivers in Grand Canyon. And he's going to have the
1: webcam up soon, so we'll get to see yep. things that may or may not be happening. And by the way, you can find us on Twitter. We are the PowerCast on Twitter, That's The Paracast on Facebook. There is a Paracast fan club. You can also check out our forums where we talk about everything under the sun and some things that aren't quite under the sun or maybe beyond at forum.theparacast.com. Once again, that's forum.theparacast.com. It's the watering hole for discussions about the paranormal, the Paracast community forums. Ed Komarik, thank you so much for joining us this week on The Paracast.
9: Thank you, Jane.